You have located Geekfest Rants, the entertainment podcast for genre geeks like you. Shall we play a game? Covering the world of vintage and current film and television since 2010. Game over, man. Game over. Featuring in-depth conversations on sci-fi, horror, fantasy, comics, toys, and conventions. So say we all. So say we all. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. on all we know. A thousand generations live in you now. But this is your fight. You're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them. one last look at my friends. You will die. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Get tickets now. Hi everybody and welcome once again to GeekFest Rant. My name is Carlos Perone. And today we are going to be taking a second look a second review, if you will, at Rise of Skywalker, the latest and greatest Star Wars film. As you remember, if you listened to my previous review, boy, uh, I'm not exactly in a great place with this film. <laughs> I gave you guys as many reasons as possible as to why I felt the way I felt and still feel that way. But this time around, we want to give you yet another perspective. Uh, last time I had my family with me. This time I have Steve Folks, our co-host. He went and saw it a, a couple of times, actually. And we are going to compare, you know, our feelings on this film. And, you know, try to address some of the, uh, some of the issues that I had and some other people have. And just to get an overall picture of, you know, how does this film rank uh, as far as Steve goes, you know, on its own or within the world of Star Wars or within this trilogy even. So, let's get started with our second thoughts on Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. What did I teach you? You are the Duke of New York. You're a number one. You will not laugh. You will not cry. You will learn by the numbers. I will teach you. Can you dig it? Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. That's Horn of Satan. <laughs> oh, really? The Force will be with you, always. All right, as promised, we are having a second look. This is like our our second thoughts, if you will, uh, on Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. If you guys remember, a couple years ago, we did something like this for Last Jedi, which we, we, we took, I don't know if it was either three or four different shots at the movie, and I had myself being really disappointed, my son was really excited, happy, and I had uh, another contributor uh, who was so 
over the top disappointed that it was like we had so many different versions of how to feel about the this movie the last jedi if you guys listen to the the previous episode i did about the rise of skywalker you kind of know how so far the perones fall into this my kids are kind of okay with it i am like eh and my wife is kind of like yeah it's kind of good so that's where we are at. And as far as Steve and I go, again, I'm coming at this from a somewhat of a negative perspective. This isn't my favorite by far. And it is, to me, better than The Last Jedi in one way. But believe it or not, there is a way that The Last Jedi is better uh, that I'm going to talk about than this one, as much as I don't like The Last Jedi. So let's get started with Steve because... Here's a fresh set of eyes and hopefully a fresh opinion. Tell me how you feel about this movie on its own and as a conclusion to this particular trilogy. But I know it's also a conclusion to a nine movie series. They want, you know, this is how they're kind of advertising. It's the end of the Skywalker saga. So how did it fall, you know, on your uh, rankings? So, and you broke it down actually very well where, you know, you can, you can take this movie and watch it as a standalone <laughs> completely by itself or you can judge it as a conclusion of a three of a trilogy, just the sequels. And then you have to judge it as a whole of a, a ending of a nine movie saga here. So, um, on many of those, I mean, I'll come right off the bat and say I, I, I landed when I came out of the theater, I landed pretty po- on the positive side of this. I actually felt like, uh-huh. um, for what it was working with and for what it had for the for the for the for the, <laughs> for the amount of obstacles and you know background problems that they had i think that this movie actually did as good of a job as possible with what they were working with i think jj abrams you know he came in he set up the you know he he, he teed up the the, uh, the 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 batter for you know what was this whole thing was going to be about Ryan Johnson went and did something different with it JJ had to come back and try to align two different narratives now so he's trying to thread this needle now and you know paint this tapestry but it wasn't it, 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 it wasn't really you know set up so much so i i liked what they did i felt like you know overall i i came out in fact, I came out more surprised that I liked it as much as I did because I going in, I was like, "Oh, what is like this? This is a lot of this has some tall boots to fill here. Like this has a lot of questions to answer. It has a lot of things it needs to you know check off on this list." And when I came out of it, I was like, "You know what? For as many as long as that checklist was of things to actually they had to accomplish, I felt like it actually swung for the fences on a lot of things, and it actually worked for me." Were you confused at all? Not so much as you're watching it, because my my reaction as I'm watching it, I'm enjoying it. I like what I see. I can't really focus too much on the plot. It's just that I'm enjoying visuals and they're nice visuals. But when you look at it afterwards, when you think about it afterwards, is it an easy story to follow to you? Is it, oh yeah, it's simple. This is how it starts. Here's where we go and here's where we end. By itself, like if you were to watch this movie by itself without knowing what happened in the first two movies, I think yes, actually, I think it does actually work, follow well. I think it actually does track. You know, I think you can actually follow, <laughs> which isn't which isn't actually saying a lot, a lot because, because that, that that means that what I just said implies that the first two movies don't count for anything because because <laughs> when I when I um on subsequent rewatches, which I, I watched it twice uh, in theaters, when I saw you know the second time. It, it it did have that feeling of 
this could have been a standalone movie, or this could, or, or at the very least, this movie could have been a direct sequel to the to the Force Awakens. So yeah, I, I get what you're saying too. When the movie starts, it really hits the ground running, and it's it's it's, it's uh, like a a, a a tidal wave of just constant action and movement, and you know, boom, we have to go to the next, boom, we have to go to the next thing. It's just, so the narrative. So so like if you're if you're trying to follow this, if you if you, if you picked up Force Awakens for the first time and you're following this. The narrative is, I will fully admit, is quite a hodgepodge of themes, elements, you know, things that they're, they're, they tried to you know, experiment with, but then clearly it didn't, you know, stick or didn't land well, so they had to pivot. The series, uh, the whole sequel trilogy to me, I think, is just a, a I hate to say it, but it's sort of a mess. <laughs> like, there's, there's, there's two, there's, there's two little forethought i think in planning all of this you know and i think in a lot of that was one of my descriptions one of that, before i i had my thoughts put together in order to do the that last uh, podcast that i did i wanted to put something out on on facebook just on my page not so much on the geek fest rampage and my description i think it was something like it's a hot mess <laughs> it's the definition of a hot mess it's so good to look at and it's so entertaining and it's so action but don't think about it because if you think about it too much, things just don't make sense. No, and, and it's like go on to move on to the next thing. Just look how beautiful this is. I will. I will push back against that. And the, the the prequels to me are the same exact way. The, the prequel movies are very much just. Just throw as much CGI at the screen as possible, but don't really think about you know Palpatine's real plan. Or to to me, like when, if, the the more I think about you know the actions of like of Palpatine and his conniving ways for Count Dooku and and you know the Separatists, but, but the Separatists were really telling the good guys. But it, it just it, the, when I think when you really think about a lot of the Clone Wars stuff, it sort of doesn't hold a lot of work because you start to raise a lot of questions about like you know like Palpatine's motives and like what doesn't add up like like the motives of like, like the whole cloning storyline of Django and it's some of it is just kind of like I mean it's, it maybe not as bad or as egregious as the sequel trilogy but with the but the with the prequels did you have this feeling now I don't know if you had the same feeling with these movies but that between the first prequel the second prequel and the third pre prequel to me, even though it had its flaws in terms of some bad acting, some possible bad storytelling, bad ideas, but there was a consistency. There was a, okay, this is where we left and this is where we're going and now we're picking it up here and we're moving it to this spot. With these movies, I feel so much this, this relay race style of one guy hands off to the other it's like playing telephone. The The second message doesn't jive with the first message, and the third message doesn't jive with the second message. It doesn't feel like a trilogy. I know it's, it is a trilogy, but it just doesn't feel like a trilogy because of the, the cohesiveness of the three stories together. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. The, the, the prequel trilogies, the prequel movies are, you know, again, I, I, there's a, a lot to say about them, but 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 no, you're right. They, they 100% have a through... A, a through line throughout all of them. There's no doubt about that. It's, you, you can see even just from the viewpoint of the, the it focusing on Anakin and Palpatine, like those two are you know sort of like the rocks of that prequels and the sequels. Yeah, it, it just feels like 
the, the and, and a lot of people were trying to defend it. You know, you you have to see the, you have to see episode nine to to see if there was actually a plan in place. I for one also was on that train. I was like, okay, let's wait and see the whole thing. Then we'll say, you know, then maybe you know, I, 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 seriously, I, I I couldn't fathom how Disney just like I, it, it just it like boggled my mind how like it was possible for the biggest movie company in the world to have no real plan forward for this. So I was like, okay, hold on. You know, I'm sure JJ and Ryan sat down and had some conversations at least, or, you know, the, the, you know, there was like some, you know, at least like, you know, some agreements. With, by the end of this, by the, when I, when I, at the end of, you know, Roger Skywalker, as much as I liked it, again, I, I actually enjoyed the movie. I was in the theater saying, oh man, there was no, <laughs> there was no plan. There's no plan in place it's, at all. It's tough. Well, let me ask you a question. The beginning of the movie, there, again, we, we, like you said, we hit the ground running and off the bat, it's Kylo Ren searching, 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 arriving at locations. I remember when we were analyzing the trailer and we were seeing these shots of Kylo Ren in what looked like a forest and he was mowing down these guys and I thought they were like Knights of Ren looking guys because they were kind of like sinister, evil looking soldier types. We now find out these are what other sources, not the movie, but other sources tell us are Sith cultists. These Sith cult volunteers zombies um monsters uh i don't know what they are because i'm not sure the whole palpatine sithy uh group what exactly they consist of from what i gather and again my only source other than the movie is the visual dictionary which as much as i love the visual dictionary i don't expect anyone to have it or to read it because it's one of these that's it right there I don't expect your average viewer to, to have that. And I, I would hate to demand that if somebody were to ask to J.J. Abrams, Mr. Abrams, I didn't understand the beginning of the movie. I, don't, I, I hope that Abrams doesn't say, well, I'm sorry, you have to buy the visual dictionary because that explains it so clearly. I don't well, expect I, I, that I from think, a filmmaker. I, I don't think even Abrams would suggest because I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think Abrams has any... Like, kind of, I don't think he cares about that side of the, you know. He, I, I think he makes. And it, I think that's pretty clear, right? Where he he makes he makes these movies where you know it, it doesn't exactly take a lot of cues, at least for me, from the actual like story group and a lot of like the the cancer. I, 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 I the movies he makes seem seem to me, seem to me at least to be like set with what he knows, what he wants to tell, and that's pretty much right. it. It seems to me like there's a good possibility he cut out maybe over an hour worth of material from the script or maybe even more because there was just too much to tell and you can tell it's they're rushing and rushing and yeah. rushing to tell a lot of things to get you from point a to point b to point c yep. but anyway this whole beginning is supposed to be at mustafar did you get that at all when you were first watching the film well it's funny you say that because uh no i didn't get that and second of all uh it's funny because in in rogue one they actually had they actually used the whole like they used it for the first time where they had like device where basically you would see like outside, you know, establishing shot of a planet yeah. and you would say yeah. the name of the planet. Uh, I, was, yeah. I was expecting, you know, they would, they would continue that because that was, uh, I actually didn't mind. That was actually kind of sort of a good idea or, or at least give some sort of context to saying, you know, did, okay, did they do it for solo also? Because maybe it's for the story, so. for the standalone. No, because uh, what's the consistency of which movies tell us locations? Yeah. I mean, the, the original trilogy, we never, I mean, there were no names. Yep. We know what they are from people's talking. But yeah, this is supposed to be Mustafar. And again, according to the visual dictionary or whatever, that area that he's fighting 
it's supposed to be the the return of some kind of life into Mustafar, where these trees are starting to grow, which is supposed to be the former site of Vader's castle. So when he picks up that the little triangle thingy, compass, whatever, I forget the name of it, it's supposed to be from the site of the castle, like I guess the ruins of the castle, or something like that. Now, does it matter that we don't know that? And does it matter that that's what it is? I mean... I, I don't think it matters to you, does it? No, it doesn't. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, Star Wars has never been... They've never, like, gone out of their way to, like, make sure, you know, you know... Like, there's not a ton of... Expo- well, there's exposition, but there's not, like, a ton of exposition in terms of, like, where you are. Besides, like, the, I said, like, the Rogue One thing, where they literally tell you, well, this is, you know, uh, um, you know, Membom or something. Um but usually Star Wars is pretty good at dropping you in the middle of something. Like in A New Hope, I mean, the first the first movie, we're dropped in the middle of you know this attack on this you know on the blockade runner. Um, so Star Wars, I think, for the most part, usually does you know play in that wheelhouse of you know let's drop you into the middle of a situation and figure it out as you go along. You know, hit the ground running. Which, but which but is let me fine. ask you something. Let me ask you a quick question. For the sake of storytelling, wouldn't it be better if? If they don't want to show us where we're at, don't then tell us on another source that this is a super important place that we've seen before. No, keep it either a new planet or keep it a mystery, but don't tell me to go over there and then it's like, oh my God, that was such a cool thing in Rogue One. We got to see this really cool castle thing and thing. And it's like, well, why can't, you know, why? Again, I'm, I'm, I know I'm being nitpicky, but it's like, why? Yeah, you know, that, 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 that is a fair criticism. Keep, where, it, a, keep where, it a mystery. Yeah, keep it a mystery. Well, and, I mean, not, not, yeah, mystery will be good, but or, or at least, like you said, like, like, if you're going to have some consistency with it and you're going to tell someone, you know, okay, this is the planet that you should know. Because one of the big complaints also was there's a lot of like fan service and, and, I, I, I guess to a point they don't want to be too much too in your face of like oh look there's that planet you remember right you know mm-hmm. that's where Darth Vader was so I guess they don't want to go down they, they want to leave it up to the audience to, to for those who know it good that's cool for those who don't okay it's just like a, a random planet where he was on right. I, I, do so think, the, I do think a lot of it yeah. does get lost in the, in the fact that they're showing you this stuff that technically would be very important to the story, but they're not really focusing on it. So yeah, no, I, right. I, 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 I do get your point. You, you could see it that way. You could see it like for, for your average viewer, it's a mystery planet. Yep. But for the nerds like us, it's like, okay, guys, when you get home, we're going to give you a little bonus thing just for the, the people that are in the club, yeah. you know, that really like to go deep. And if you go over there, guess what? You were there all along. Regular people don't care and they don't know that. But yeah. you guys now know it. So it's like maybe that's the maybe that was the yeah, yeah. the thinking behind it. Yeah, but, and, I, I I, and that sort of tracks because I mean think about it, the location where that planet was, Musafar, it's cool, but I don't think it really plays into like a needed piece of information. Like I always take my sister as an example. Like she watched the movie, and she's like, "Yeah, it's fine," because and she would she would never know like, "Oh, that's Mustafar." <laughs> you know, Vader was there. It doesn't really serve it, the story it doesn't, it doesn't or really help matter. the story. Yeah, it doesn't really matter if you know. I mean, it's cool, really cool to know to us, but to the average person, I don't think it really. I don't think it really matters. Though. Another thing that we never saw before is when when Kylo Ren leaves, I guess Mustafar to head to Exegol, or or I don't remember. Maybe it was on the way to to Mustafar. No, I think it was Exegol. 
it seems like he goes into this hyperspace, but it's almost like a red cloud type of thing that I think we haven't seen yet. Is that, did you get a feel for what was that? Is that a new form of hyperspace or some other nebula something? Uh, I, 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 th- I thought it was just some sort of like weird nebula, nor- like nebulous area or something. I, I didn't actually put together where it was, it maybe like... Because they were like solid objects and... I don't know. There were all kinds of weird things in there. It's like the, the, well, the, the funny thing is, like hyperspace has been like sort of changing in the last few movies. We've been well, getting a lot. We've getting a lot of different like updates, I guess if you want to call it that, to how hyperspace works. Which, 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 which you know, to, to me is is okay as long as it's consistent. Like, like as long as they don't pull something completely out of nowhere. Like oh yeah, this was a thing. Like, like yeah. I like I like the idea of things you know progressing so it doesn't stagnate. But as long as you're introduced, you know sort of realistically, I guess, or, or, or at least like not so much just dumped at you at once. But no, I, I didn't think that was actually like a, a new form of hyper-travel. I, I just figured it was maybe like some sort of like area it was in or something. Okay. Now, another thing we got to see at when we do get to Exegol, and then again, off the bat, Palpatine's alive. It's on the crawl. Yeah. There is no explanation. There is no, again, the books are coming, the comics are coming. We know that it's pro- they're, they're written them already, and then we're going to end up buying them. But for the, for the viewer, they tell us right away that Palpatine was responsible for creating these clone Snokes, Snokes yeah. or, or Snoke, Snoke or one or, and there was like a fish tank full of Snoke heads floating around <laughs> and there's like, oh my God, what the hell is that? Are you content with Snoke being a clone? I, I guess. <laughs> I, I, well, because first of all, right off the bat, I, I never liked Snoke. I never cared for Snoke. <laughs> I hated his look, his design, his stupid bathrobe. I, I never like the le- the the less we got of Snoke, the better for me. So the fact that he was just like relegated off to the side, sure. I I I, I didn't want an explanation. I didn't, I didn't even want to really waste time with. Okay, but here's the here's you know the reason behind Snoke. Like, Leave it for the comics. You know, I'm done with it. They killed him off. Sure. The only the only reason why I was so invested, I guess, but if you want to even call it that, the reason the only reason why I, was, I wanted some backstory on Snoke was, you know, in the Last Jedi, this was the guy who took down the Skywalkers. So like, you know, this was like the guy who outsmarted Ben. The I mean, he he pretty much, you know, all those heroes that we loved and you know were following. He's this guy is the one who pretty much put it into all of this. So now that he was just like knocked off so easily, now it's like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> so the Skywalkers were pretty much, you know, knocked off, and the guy who did it, it doesn't, is completely gone. So I was like, all right, right. And and we we were, I th- I think we were told pretty early on, and again, I'm not sure if it was the movie or, or the alternate uh, material that Snoke wasn't a Sith, yeah, but yeah. he had Sith powers. He had some of that stuff. You know, he could project. He could do certain things. He could, he could, you know, make people rise and fall, and well, you know, all yeah, kinds think, of Sithy. Yeah, well, <laughs> stuff. I think I think he, he can use the Force, but he just wasn't a he wasn't Sith right. himself. So yeah, I mean, like that's a pretty strong guy, and all of a sudden, boom, he's out, which is fine. I mean, again, I I, I don't know if it's going to take ten or twenty years, but at some point. Somebody's going to have to write a book and tell us exactly how this worked in terms of, you know, is this film really what J.J. envisioned as he did the first? He thought that this is where the third was going to go with, with, with another director, which as we're recording this, I've been seeing, I haven't looked at it yet, but I've been seeing a lot of articles about Colin Trevorrow's alternate script that he originally was going to do. 
And I can't tell you for sure if that was going to be another 180 degrees of Last Jedi or not. Yeah, I haven't read it either, and I'm I'm a little afraid I don't want yeah. to find out because then I then I'll be like, oh, that would have been so good. Or uh, well, that's like what that. that's what worries me. There's so many things talking about. Oh my God, this would have been so good here. Or this would have been so good there. But even JJ, from what I understand, when he was done with the first film, he had outlines for the second at least. I don't know if the third, but the second. And Ryan Johnson said, thanks, but kind of like the same thing they did, with, they did with Lucas. Lucas gave Disney, here's my outlines. Luke, and Disney said, thanks, George. We're not using it. Same thing happened to JJ. The, Ryan said, thanks, but I'm doing something different. Yeah, and, uh, actually, and actually, from what I remember, Ryan Johnson finished his script for Last Jedi before filming yeah, wrapped up yeah. on... Um, yeah. Force Awakens. So yeah, I think yeah, Ryan yeah. already knew what he wanted to do and where he was going to go with it. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to really say if if this is what J.J. had in mind all along or is 50% of this film repairs that he had to do to kind of get back on track. And that's one of the things overall in this film that I, I get this feeling that there's so many sequences or nods or fanboy service or whatever we want to call it where it's, it's J.J adjusting and then it's jj trying to tell the story and here's a i'm throwing you a bone and now i'm gonna get back to my story and did i fix oh luke here's luke now i'm gonna get back to my you know i, I get a lot of that yeah yeah and and I, I think that sort of comes with the territory of what happened in the middle there uh, i i i and to answer your question i uh, maybe not fifty percent was cor- you know course correction but i think jj did have a lot of cleaning up to do from his first initial story i don't think i don't think it would even be possible for him to be able to tell his story like i I, it wouldn't be possible that this what we got was his full story because there would have been too much that ryan was responsible for in the middle there so well well do you think that even the just the idea of the emperor coming back do you think that was part of the original story i can't see it like he, he he put everything Everything was set up for Snoke to be the big bad for the yeah. next movies, uh, and I know JJ and uh, JJ has said you know publicly that well you know if, if if the end of the book doesn't have you know the villain from the first you know from the first book you know then it would be kind of weird. Yeah, but you didn't set that up like you know JJ is a good filmmaker. Yeah, and he would have set he would have thrown you yeah, hits. Yeah, yeah, he's great at that. He's great. He's great at like he would have left the breadcrumbs. He would have left something there, you yeah. know, he's great at that type of stuff, you know. So oh, yeah. so yeah. so the fact that there was there was nothing you can go back and try to find try to finagle whatever clues you want to into the into the Force Awakens. I, I, what what I'm hearing is either Kind of what you're saying that Snoke was going to be the biggie, the big baddie, or no, Kylo Ren was going to be the big baddie. Yeah, he was going to be the next big. It was almost like a reverse. I, I, somebody said it. This uh, I forget what podcast I was listening to, and they said, "Yeah, the characters are reverse of each other. You have you have a good guy, a kid born to the good guys, right. Ben, who then turns evil that has to return, yeah. and then you have." A kid that's born out of evil, an evil grandparent, who then is raised as a good guy, who then has the opportunity to turn bad and doesn't turn bad. She, yeah. she stays good. So they, they're playing with opposites. Okay, that's that's interesting too. But 
it's like yeah but uh, <laughs> I, I think the problem is like there's a lot of good ideas here like that, that's like what you described it and when you think about it you know from just like sort of like an existential point of view that's great that's beautiful but is nothing in this movie and again again just a disclaimer here, i actually like this movie but, but no, <laughs> nothing in this movie is is like or i'll say there's nothing in this trilogy not just uh red skywalker nothing in this trilogy is like delivered to like the full amount that it could have been. Like it's always like these great setups. Like like you know, in theory, everything sounds well. A lot of it sounds you know really good, but then it's never really capitalized on. It's just like eh, it just kind of like fizzles out. So they, well, they with, never with lean Ra- into anything. With Ray specifically, again in the Force Awakens, she's a nobody, but they give us these little hints that she might be somebody yeah. you know han is talking to mas katana and he's like what are, you know what about her what's her and he's like oh you know kind of like he knows something and the way she connects with him to the audience it's like they're telling they're they're trying to tell us there's a connection here there's something special about her could it be that the, the specialness was a palpatine connection no i i never got that yeah as as what they could have meant yeah and then when they get to the second story with the second movie ryan johnson again most likely doing the opposite of anything jj wanted said no she's nobody no connections Forget Han, forget Leia, forget Luke, forget everybody. She is absolutely zero. And you're like, okay. And now we're, oh, no, she is somebody. She is super somebody. She's like a crazy somebody. It's like, oh, man, okay. It's like, make up your mind. It's a crazy sea song action. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and again, it, it, it just it just proves the point that a lot of people will say, like, okay, the first, the, the original trilogies, they, they, they technically didn't have a, a really big plan, you know, either because, you know, when George made the first, you know, movie, there was no plan for the next one. But that doesn't really work when you have, like, an established franchise and so many eyeballs on it all at once. So when everyone's looking at, okay, and trying to pick up hints on it, it's sort of a different culture now. So Yeah, but it was still one guy. It was still one guy deciding where to go, where the story heads. Yeah. That's that's the key difference that I keep seeing. Whether it's good or bad, whether Jedi is not as good as Empire, and Empire is much better than Star Wars, that's okay. Whether they're being repetitive, hey, Death Star, hey, super big Death Star, yeah, yeah, okay, fine, super big Death Star, cute little teddy bears, yeah, okay, fine, but guess what? It's still all coming from the same person. Again, I, I've already made this argument. Let me let me ask you something. Let's talk about the final order. So the final order is the Emperor's secret plan to take over forty years later, uh, while he, okay, he is going to. Let himself be killed by Ray. That's his plan. Because then he can kind of push his spirit into her and be, and she will become him and all the Siths that ever lived. She will be like the super Sith, right? Yeah, that's, 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 that's okay. in a nutshell. But then something goes wrong and he hits the button and hits plan B. And plan B is, I'm just going to grow my skin back and electrocute everybody and still beat everyone, Right. Well, I, th- I think that that, that that was a that was a side effect of him seeing that his plan A wasn't going wasn't going to plan. So I, so I, th- right, so I think that was more of like a contingency plan, I guess. It was okay. So he so I'm just thinking that there there are two plans in motion. There's plan A and there's plan B. If I can't get these guys to do what I want them to do, I'm just gonna kill everybody and regrow my my skin or my my fingers back and do the Sith lightning or whatever. Okay, now explain to me if you can. 
where all these troops are coming from, who's manufacturing these things. The Star Destroyers, at first I thought, you know, when I watched the trailer, I thought they were coming out of the ocean. Yeah, but no, they're yeah. coming out of out of the ground. It's it's dirt and rocks that are being pushed up as these this mass armada is floating up. So, and, the, and this is something that's really weird. And again, when it comes to these visual dictionaries, this happened to us last time too, I think. There are certain things they don't want to give you in the visual dictionary because they don't want to spoil the movie. However, these things are coming out after the movie comes out or the same day it comes out. They're not giving to, you know, you're not getting these things a month in advance anymore. The visual dictionary has zero, zero on the emperor and the majority of the people that are surrounding him. All these weird All the cultists. zombie cultists, scientists, uh, cheering crowd, even the... Um, even the royal guards, there, there were actual royal guards around the emperor, but we saw them so briefly that we, they, they don't even get a mention in the visual dictionary. The visual dictionary does give us a Sith trooper and a jet trooper, yeah. and I think it gives us like an officer. Yeah, yeah, it gives you a few officers. Yeah. But there's so many other questionable individuals that were like, well, what the hell are these things? So... Can you explain to me, are these people, are these monsters, creatures, what are those things? All right, so let's start from the beginning. So, so, I think, <laughs> so, so first of all, yes, when, when, I think when we describe this movie as hitting the ground running, yeah, there's no question about it. We're literally, you know, there's, and, and, and I, I gotta say, like, I, I, I can't hate it. Like, it, it, it throws so much, like, watching this movie... Is like sort of like a contract. This way, this way I do it. <laughs> I, I like watch this movie. Is like okay, we're going to give you this movie. Don't ask any questions. Don't just just go with it. Okay, stop. Yeah. Just go with it. You know, there's going to be spaceships. There's going to be things that literally cannot exist. You know, and and logically probably don't don't make any sense at all logically because also you've got to mention as well is not only are the Star Destroyers coming up out of nowhere, but they also have they have they have they have planet destroying guns on them that are more technologically advanced than when they must have been created back. You know, because obviously Palpatine he must have created these this fleet you know sometime before Jedi maybe, but now all of a sudden they have <laughs> yeah. Yeah, plant destroying lasers, but anyway, <laughs> to defend the movie, um, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm well, if you watched Rebels, and again, I know this is side material that people should not, should not have to watch, <laughs> but technically, Palpatine, we've seen at the end of Rebels, he does get into some pretty, like, black magic, sorceress, you know, sort of cultish type stuff going okay. on. So, so, so he, he does have a history of this. So there's this isn't really new to him. Now, there are and there have been, um, I think, some a few canon references of like Sith cultists and Sith like followers who like they aren't Force users themselves, but they like devote themselves to the Force, sort of like Chirrut Imwe from Rogue One, who, who was like the blind guardian mm -hmm. of uh, in him and his friend. Uh, in Rogue One, there was a sort of like the blind warrior. He 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 couldn't use the Force himself, but he was a Force worshiper basically. So I would imagine that these cultists that we saw are pretty much a whole bunch of people like him, except for the Sith. Instead of guarding, instead of being guardians of like the Force, or you know, uh, and being you know, sort of like spiritual you know warriors for the for the the light side, 
on Palpatine's side, he has this planet that's sort of, I guess, like a mecca where all these cultists come to migrate to come and, you know, they make their big spiritual journey of darkness to this planet. And, and, and because, because you can imagine there was, um, there was a, uh, a book out again, I know they're very material called Force Collector, uh, yeah, called, yeah. called Force Collector. And, um, it, it, it's sort of like a YA novel, but it, it, it depicts like a, a character who goes around hunting and finding force artifacts, like, like, um, light side artifacts that have been left over from previous Jedi. Um, so again, I, this is what I imagine, this is my headcanon, I imagine that all these cultists are pretty much just, you know, obs- really obsessed with Palpatine and the dark side. And because the whole rule of two thing, maybe there can't be uh, an actual Sith, so they devote themselves spiritually to the dark side, so they make this, you know, trek to, you know, the old trek to Exegol, and have set up this temple there or something. So that's for that. That's why, and I, I, I can see that logically sort of tracking. Another thing that I, I noticed, and I, I, don't, I don't remember if you saw it, but I posted it on, um, I posted it on Facebook. When we went to, um, Galaxy's Edge, when we went to Hollywood Studios recently, they had on display costumes from um, I would love from, to from go. this movie. I would love to go. Oh, well, that stuff will be there for a very long yeah, time. Yeah. Uh, and I believe they'll probably have the same in California, the same kind of displays. And I don't know how original these things are. I don't know if they're authentic or they're recreations or whatever, but they look amazing, the, 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 these displays. And there was a, a display of the Sith helmet and the First Order helmet, I believe. And they looked exactly the same, completely the same, except one was red and one was... And I was like, but wait a minute. These are two different armies. Wouldn't they kind of look different a little bit? Wouldn't they? And again, it's like, calm down. Calm yourself down. <laughs> well, I, uh, I mean, it, the only thing I can think about that is that if you have a design, like a something that works and is functional... Do you really need to change it? Because you're, 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 you're I mean, the, the, the Emperor knew, the Emperor had stormtroopers to begin with. The First Order broke off from the Empire, or what was left of the Empire, and they, and they made their own designs. So. But remember, remember, even in Star, even in the original trilogy, and nowadays, nowadays, in the new trilogies, the companies that are manufacturing these armies, these ships, these, co- these, uh, uniforms, the, it's, it's not like, Imperial Company One Two Three. It's always again, again in the EU or in the books. It's way they they have specific names for specific companies. And I I think what I I started to see is a repeat of certain names, as if it was like uh, you know uh, Ford makes the same uh, Tie Fighter for the Emperor that he's making for the First Order. So it's like, but wait a minute, if this is such a secret, why are they using? you know, mass companies to manufacture these things rather than, no, no, this all came from us. It's, we manufactured it ourselves. This way it's a secret. Well, remember this fleet and everything here was frozen for years. So this is probably all made, you know, years ago, or supposedly, you know, years and years ago. So it it, it, it makes sense that it looks the same because, I mean, unless you're saying that, that, that the emperor would have gone to a different company, I guess, is what you're saying. They wouldn't have used the same company to make all the armor, and TIE fighters and everything. Well, what, what I'm saying is that if, if if they are still using companies to manufacture these things, then it, it's, it's, it's almost impossible that they can keep it a secret. You know, it, it's different if you're making them yourself and, and you're, not, you know, you're not sharing any pictures with anybody because you're doing it in your basement, in that planet's basement. But because this is happening 
you know, in other planets. Well, again, yeah, they, you know, they're, they're talking about the outer territories and the yeah, the yeah, out, the outlands and, remember, and this, like, is, this is the same, you know, universe we're talking about, but they made what like six million clones <laughs> and, and nobody knew and, and they yeah. made, and, and they made an entire because remember in episode two no one knew about clones then a few scenes later they have like these huge right you know, but the thing with the clones ships. they have these the only logic these ships and everything yeah 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 but the only logic attached to those clones was that they were all in camino everything was in camino and then once it once they opened up the floodgates, it was like okay, fine, everything comes out, everybody knows it's there. But it was it's not like they were building these clones in five different planets, and and it's like well, if it's out there, somebody must have ran ran into it. But no, they were all coming from the same location. So that's my point: is that everything that's being manufactured for the emperor. I'm getting the impression that it's all in Exegol. It's hiding in Exegol. I mean, do you get that impression, or you well, think it's well, all over the place? Well, you know, I think literally it has to be in Exegol because it literally rose from the ground in Exegol. So. Yeah, we saw it. We saw <laughs> it come out of there. So that's that's. Uh, well, let me give you another uh, a thing to to go into. We get a shot, uh, and I believe I remember right, where the uh, I think it was the Falcon is being chased by Tie Fighters, and they introduce this new concept of speaking of hyperspace of skip jumping. Yep. So you can hit. It's like you're hitting hyperspace inside hyperspace to to jump to different locations, which was a. Gr I love it. I love that sequence. It was such a cool looking sequence. Yeah. But let me ask you a question: As they're jumping, the Tie Fighters that are following them are also jumping with them. When did TIE Fighters get the ability to have hyperdrive? Because I, I thought that was the whole point of TIE Fighters, was that they couldn't j do hyperspace jumps, uh, as opposed to X-Men. I, I, when I first saw that, I, you, no, you're right, now, now, uh, now that you say that, but when I, when I, when I was watching it, I, I didn't think that they were, well, yeah, I guess. I, 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 it came off to me more so the fact that they were like, no, no, not that they're already, but 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 like it was like the Falcon that was making the actual calculating and actual jump. So when the Falcon jumped, two tie fighters around it were sort of like tethered to it, basically. So like it, oh. it would it would be like if, if the Falcon jumps to one location, the the X wing, the, I mean the the tie fighter would be right behind it, and you would get I guess it it was it had the ability, to, I guess, to sort of like tether to it, so it would be able to follow it to the next jump. Like, 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 like I don't think it would be like, I don't think the tie fighter would be able to jump by itself. But because it was following the Falcon that was making the calculation to jump, then it could follow it. And then it can, I guess, follow, use its hyperspace trail, I guess, to, to, to latch on right next to it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not I would no have idea. to. I, I, I don't think it's a, yeah, I would have to check the again. I would have to check the visual dictionaries to see because I know that with the with the first order, one of the differences in the Tie Fighters that they improved on is that. It has life support. Yeah. In other words, the original TIE Fighters, they always wore the helmets and the pipes because you couldn't breathe in there. Obviously, Finn and Poe, they're not wearing any helmets. So they yeah. have, uh, not only do they have an atmosphere to breathe, heck, they also have a parachute that they can eject. So I don't remember if, if part of the uh, first order improvements on the on the TIE Fighter was also the ability to jump into hyperspace. I, I don't remember. Yeah, no, I, would have I, to I haven't seen yeah, that. That's, just, that's something that I, know, I, I, didn't, I didn't really think about, but I, I, when I was watching the movie, I just... <laughs> yeah, you go with I, it. I, I, you know, yeah, because, you know, what else... Yeah, like I do? said, I love the locations, and I love yeah, the... No, it was cool. It was cool the look see, of it. Yeah. Another question I, I would have for you is that, you know, we, we, we get this sequence where we know Leia, this is later in the film, uh, is training 
well, not only is she training with Luke oh, yeah. at a much earlier scene, but she's in the beginning of the movie training Ray. Yeah. So it was, <laughs> it was somewhat controversial even in the last film that in the first film there's no que- there's no mention of Leia having force abilities. In the second film, all of a sudden when she does the the Mary Poppins walk, that's where it's like, oh my god, look at this, this is new. I I've never seen this before. So it's like, okay. So she is now training her. And is your understanding that she is remembering that like where does she learn her training from? Is it from those flashbacks with Luke? Yeah, is that her training degree? Yeah, I, I think that's the whole reason why they included that later flashback with Luke and her yeah. fighting because they wanted to establish sort of like um that you know Leia yeah she does have the force even though we could clearly see that when she well, Mary Poppins her way back into the ship, um but yeah I, I got the impression that 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 she was training her and I don't have a problem with that actually actually I like the idea that you know Leia even though she's not a, she shouldn't be represented as like a fighter or like a warrior or anything i like the fact that that she, she's she's very empathetic she's so she's very in tune to force more cosmically rather than just being able to pick up a lightsaber and kill people mm-hmm. um so i like the fact that she was training ray that, that it was fine it's just it just again it's, it's one of those things about this trilogy where none of it was set up like this would have been great if they set this up in the force awakens like like if they had a scene with leia and ray you know, beginning that training or at least hinting at it saying, you know, maybe I can train or something, you know, just giving some sort of, some sort of a hint that. Well, here's a possibility. Is it possible that the reason that that never happened is because maybe she was never supposed to be the one that trained her. Maybe it was supposed to be Luke all the way to the third film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, This is the, this, this is the Skywalker saga. And to me, the Skywalker saga is not the Leia saga. It's the Luke Skywalker saga. So I have a feel, again, I'm just theorizing that, the plan was to have Luke continue all the way through up until the end. Now, she died after Last Jedi was put out, correct? Yeah. So, Ryan Johnson killed Luke before knowing that Carrie Fisher had died. Oh, yeah. So, that means that he was putting, he was throwing that monkey wrench into, into, the, into the story really early on. So, at this point... J.J. Abrams has to deal with, oh, crap, I don't have Luke in the end. I can only bring him back as a Force ghost. And from what I'm reading, again, I'm reading that 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 was done on reshoots. Like, it was kind of like, oh, crap, let's add a little more. Let's throw another bone, you know, to the fans to get Luke in there. But there was no way that he could have adjusted things at that point to to make Luke more, more prominent at the end. Because at this point, you just lost Carrie Fisher. And how do you fix losing Carrie Fisher? Which... Also brings me to the, uh, and this is something that I don't blame anybody for it because there's just nothing you can do about it. She's not here. They said they were going to recycle some uh, footage from the first film to bring her in. And I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a fan. It technically works. It technically looks good. But I got this feeling that they're building lines and they're building story around the footage instead of writing a story and then having people act it so anything having to do with leia to me it looks so shoehorned in there like yeah it it looks good it technically passes the test but it's like eh, it doesn't really fit that clean to me yeah no you're right and it's a tragedy to have you know the timing and you know just Losing Carrie Fisher herself was you no know, such a setback. It was a big loss. But yeah, and like I said, they 
you can tell they tried to do what they could with it, but uh, like I think if if you if you were to show this movie to someone who had no idea that like uh, if you had, if, if, the oh, had, yeah. if the person had no idea what, what who Carrie Fisher was and who, if she died, and if you were to show them this movie, I'm not 100 percent certain they would know that there was something yeah. off. They, 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 they would think it's probably like a, a crappily done scene, or like maybe it was like the cinematography was probably crappy in that scene. But I don't think they would know that. Yeah, that, they wouldn't know the history. Right, yeah, right. yeah. So I think we're going. Like you and I are going in there knowing that Carrie Fisher passed. So we're looking with a way more you know magnified lens at at those scenes. And, and yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't come off great. It's, it seems like you know they built they had like a a scene of her, and then they had to like put Ray to go up to like this. You know, like this already shot scene and yeah. you know, act around it. So it, yeah. it, it, there's some dialogue that's very awkward, but um, it's like like it, there's nothing. She gives her the, the lightsaber and she takes the lightsaber back. It's like, yeah, why yeah. are you focusing on the hand so yeah, much? Yeah, yeah. Well, because there was supposed to be a different scene where, the, where it, it was supposed to be more, make more sense. But I was, yeah, they, they didn't have that. There was a line thrown in there where they, you know, they have their, they're going on their next mission and, and somebody says, no, we, we go together. Uh, and they make it very clear to the audience that they're not going to split the characters up, which again was a big complaint from the previous film. It's like, why do you throw Finn and Rose, to, you know, into the casino planet, and these guys go the other way, and, and it just makes no sense. Uh, but there were there was a lot of little things like that where they're they're giving you a and I, in the last show I called it a checklist. It's a checklist of okay, we took care of that complaint, we took care of this complaint, we're going to take care of that, you know, that kind of a thing. I, I got that yeah, feeling. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, that's honestly a lot of people use that as like a as like a, a negative against it, and it can be. But if you think about it, like, would you want them to completely ignore fans and like because there's a lot of there's a there's a big backlash as the last well, last Jedi. you know what it is. Here's the thing, and and this opens up a whole other topic that that we can't really go too deep on, and that is there's a line. There's got to be a line between fan service and honoring the original material. It's kind of like every planet you go, you have to run into somebody who already showed up on another movie. You don't have to do that. If you did that, that's fan service. So that's why it's like not everything has to connect. Like we started talking about Mustafar. Mustafar doesn't have to connect. But they're not connecting it in the movie, but they're connecting it behind the scenes for the fans. So it's like, yeah, the fans are looking at it going like, huh? Oh, that's Mustafa. Okay, I get it. There's a difference. Like, how much fans, like, how many times will somebody go into open a box and pull out the the training remote? Oh, the training remote. Oh, that reminds me of when I watched the uh, New Hope. Okay, I, I get that. Oh, look, the dice. Han Solo's dice. Okay, I get there's got to be a, a limit to how much of those kind of scenes you can squeeze into a movie just to get that feel of of originalness, you know, of, of oh, well, I'm, I'm an original fan, so throw me a bone here, you know? <laughs> I know, I know those dice. <laughs> <laughs> Let me t hold on. Projectionist, stop the movie. I'm going to tell the audience. You see, those dice, if you watch carefully the first one, I was like, boo, shut up, get out of the theater. Yeah, that's... Well, uh, <laughs> well I'll, I'll, I'll counter with this. Is if they didn't have anything that resembles, like, oh. if they didn't have any of the fan service stuff, or they didn't have, you know, <laughs> any of, anything that looked like anything from the original trilogy... We would be complaining like, "Oh, this doesn't feel like Star Wars. This is like, who's this? You know, who's this Ray character? She, you know, she, 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 she's not like Luke Skywalker." There's so much. There's such like a thin line they have to walk between 
you know, going, I, I guess, too far with the fan service, which to me, they didn't really do. Um, I mean, they, they could I mean, just the fact that, like, they, they didn't use, like, I thought when we, when we first started seeing, like, like, the desert planet, I thought that, okay, uh, that was going to be yeah. Tatooine, you know, obviously. Or Jakku. No, they, 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 they like, um, they still gave us a lot of new stuff, but there, there was, yeah, they, they, they ran into Land, Lando, you know, in, in Fasana. I mean, I guess that's fan service, but, you know, if Lando wasn't in the movie, people would be complaining like, "Oh, that's such a disservice to Lando." You know, they're they're, they're disrespecting the old the OT yeah, characters. Yeah, yeah. So then, what do you want? Then do right. you want Lando and, in this and, movie? And, and I remember I, I was the one screaming uh, years ago. It's like, "Where's Lando? Why, why is Lando not here? Rob, he's still alive. The, the actors, you know." And then you're like, "Well, wait a minute. Maybe he's not there." Did you watch him on Dancing with the Stars? Have you <laughs> have you listened to an interview with him lately? The guy's up, you know, he's, he's getting up there. He's not what he used to be. It's kind of like, and a similar thing happened uh, with Carrie Fisher. When Carrie Fisher showed up at uh, The Force Awakens, and again, I, I also heard this comment in, in another podcast, and it's, it's so dead on. Uh, Carrie Fisher was a good actress when she was young. Then she kind of did other stuff, and then she kind of did other stuff, and she wrote books, and then she starred in some TV shows. But she kind of became a character on her own. She became, uh, they in conventions or uh, they used to call her Aunt, like Mark Hamill. It's, it's Aunt Carrie. It's this crazy <laughs> Aunt Carrie. So she became the crazy lady that sometimes says like weird, offensive things that people were like, "What did you just say?" Oh my god! And that kind of wacky old lady character that she became, that she played on TV, Big Bang Theory, and some other shows. That's who showed up at The Force Awakens. But they, you know, JJ helped her to kind of calm that down. And when she acts, there's something not right with her because she's older and she's a little out there. But you could tell that this isn't young Leia. This is nutty Leia now. And she, you know, her, I don't know if she had a stroke because I know her, like her jaw kind of clenches down when she talks. And yeah. Um, there, there were things that were like, yeah, she's not totally there, but she, you know what? She did great for what she had to do in that movie. I have a feeling that with, 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 uh, Billy D, it was a similar situation. You know, he looks good, but once you give him the lines and you, you're not going to get young Billy D, young Billy D doesn't exist anymore. This is an older guy who is a different person now, and he's not going to match up. So I have a feeling that they, they either reduced his, his role really, really, uh, m much, or they had him um, do everything and then they, they edited it out because he really gets so little bit of, you know, airtime and, and, you know, substantive uh, material to work with. Yeah, well, uh, I mean... Uh, well, Harrison I, Ford, I on like the other hand, I don't know why. Maybe it's because he's... Maybe he's a better actor. Maybe because he's, he still works and he still has his yeah, acting yeah. chops. He can still pull it off like 90%. But like, again, Carrie Fisher, she was probably operating at 50% and Billy D was probably operating at 50%, you know, that kind of thing. 
Yeah, well, I think, yeah, I think Harrison Ford, he, he still acts. Uh, I guess the other two, uh, uh, Billy D and Carrie, they've taken, you know, long gaps between yeah. acting jobs. And, and Mark whatnot. Hamill, he's got a little more than the other two, but he's not in the level of Harrison Ford. He's also kind of like a character. You know, after he was done with Star Wars, like in the, in the 90s and the 2000s, he was kind of like a character. He the, Whenever you saw him at a convention, it was the Mark Hamill character he was kind of playing the yeah. jokey and and making like over the top gestures and voices because he's a voice actor too and we did get a little of that i think in the last jedi where it's like he's not acting like luke he's acting like mark hamill this isn't <laughs> luke skywalker this is mark hamill doing an impersonation of luke so yeah, it's kind of weird when these old actors try to revive their their characters. Well, and I think this to go back to the point though. I, th- I think that um, yeah, they're using these characters. I guess they, I don't know if they they use them sparingly, or like you said, they cut they cut down their time. You know, after you know they they sort of maybe edited some of their stuff down. But I think it goes back to the point like, well, if if you talk about fan service, like there's a lot of people complaining again, like. There, there wasn't enough, um, like there wasn't enough Billy D. We, we didn't see him from the first two, or there was like this sort of like disrespect to like the old characters, and then and the fact that you know a lot of stuff, you know, they they still say like, oh, this doesn't feel like Star Wars to me. But then you then you put in things that they know from the past, but then all of a sudden, you know, you if you get one scene with Billy D, then it's like, oh, that was fan service. So. I think you can't have it both ways. Yeah, though. No, you're right. You're right. And here's something that I would have suggested that they've done, and and I and I know, I know some people would probably absolutely hate this. I think they should have taken the Harry Potter route, and that is, or the Lord of the Ring route, and say, you know what, this is the last chapter. We're trying to shoehorn in so much information. Let's do part one, part two. Oh yeah, no, no, that that's something I was I, I and a lot of people um didn't like this idea. Yeah, of shoot it back to back the and then spread them out. Yeah. I, I, because there was so much to answer in this movie, and they didn't. They just, uh, I mean, I, 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 again, I liked what they did, but it's just, it's just the fact that there could have been a lot well, that's, more. Well, that's the thing. Again, when you look in the internet, there are reports that they, I, I heard this bizarre report that they're going to re-release it uh, with extra scenes. They're going to put a video, like the streaming cut will have an extra 20 minutes. The DVD will have an extra 30 minutes and the Blu-ray will have an, you know, the, that they're going to little by little give you extra, extra, extra stuff on it because there's probably, they were saying there's, there's probably at least an hour of stuff that was cut out of this movie. Well, yeah, and I, I believe it because this is, this is so much that could have, yeah. in fact, when the movie time was first announced, I think right off the bat, I think there was a reduction um, from the numbers aren't going to line up, yeah. but it was like it went from like two hours and something to like down to like two hours, 20 minutes or something like that. There was at least a, a good 20 yeah. to 30 minutes that was reduced from the like right from the beginning when it was released. So, yeah, so I'm sure there's a ton of footage probably not. Um, well, just not in the original just cut. like in the in DC and the Snyder, some people are screaming uh, the JJ oh, cut. Yeah, the JJ yeah. cut is starting now. The JJ, the cult of JJ cut. The, is... the, 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 the problem with this type of stuff is like <laughs> it, it just turns into fans just demanding things for the sake of it, like, like just so they can see that they got their way. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. Like at least with the Snyder cut. And the, the situation is kind of different. It's not, it's not, it's not really the same type of thing. Like, it's not, it's not, it's not, the Snyder Cut actually has a pretty involved history to it. So let, let me throw a couple of names at you because uh, we got some, some cameos in this film that we hadn't seen before. John Williams shows up. 
Oh yeah, apparently the bartender. Uh, yeah, he's at that uh, that that plant. I forget the name of that planet where they're they're going to get uh, the Jimmy. Yeah, where they they're getting C three PO's. Uh, I I love that that little character, the B- Babu Freak. I love that 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 was great little stupid <laughs> little character. So cute little character. Dio. Okay, we get it. Dio is supposed to be the next uh, BB eight. R two is like he might not as well be in this film. It's so obvious that they are replacing R two first with BB eight, and then they want something else that's cute. So it's like okay, that's fine. Now. Ray's parents. I didn't recognize the the flashback scene. The actor that played her father. Now oh, the actor I... is supposed to be the son of Palpatine. Okay, got it. Oh well, yeah. But the mother, she's played by an actress that I've seen in the show Killing Eve. I don't know if you ever hear of, heard of that show. Yeah. Uh, she's like the psychopath in Killing Eve. That's the mother. She oh, gets possibly one second of airtime, uh, and it's like she's probably like, oh, I'm in. The- Guess what, everybody? I'm in this. I'm in the next Star Wars film. One second, you see her face for one second, and I'm gonna say Carrie Russell, who I know it was kind of like a big deal that she's in this movie, and she plays uh, the old love interest of Poe, the old flame. All right now, let me ask you a question: Why was Carrie Russell in this movie? Why were same- Why weren't you in this movie? You could have played that character. <laughs> the same reason why um, Gwendolyn Christie was Phasma. <laughs> Put her in a movie, cover up her face, and have no story uh, that builds off it. We at all. saw her at one point. She takes off her visor about oh, yeah, three yeah, we, inches, we saw Christie's and eye, you see yeah. her right. You don't see her nose or her mouth. Uh, at least with Russell, we saw her whole face, right? So, well, no, that's my point. Carrie Russell, you don't see her whole face. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You right, only right, see right, she yeah, lowers the shield a little bit, yeah, and you see her right. both eyes, and that's it. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, well, well, that, that's that's one above what Phasma got. Phasma only got one eye. Carrie Russell got she got well, at both least her eyes. At least Phasma got like multiple movies, and she was fighting, and she was more prominent. But this character no. was barely. It's like. It could have been anybody. No, you're right. It could have been anybody. But is it her voice? Uh, is her least, voice that distinctive that people are like, "Oh, I'm a huge Carrie Russell fan. I love her voice." Well, well, I mean, I, th- I, th- I think two things. I think Star Wars has like that cloud behind it. Where I think a lot of actors and actresses they, they actually want to be. Oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, so a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff is probably dumb, you know, or them knowing somebody or you ask a favor. Okay, can, can I be just some random person? So I think that's it. And then the marketing team will say like, oh, well, look who's in our, look who's in the new movie. So I, I think it comes on two fronts, where it's like marketing wants to have like this, you know, these name drops in the beginning of the movie so they can build up hype. Um, I, I don't. I don't like when they announced Gwendolyn Christie as Phasma, you know, she, to me, Carrie Russell's character of Zoe Blitz has more of an impact on the story than Phasma did. Because Phasma shows up, fights Finn, and then dies. But I think part of the reason why it was her was also because she could do some of the fighting, she could do some of her own stunts because of Game of Thrones, because of all oh, that that's physicality. Great, but we don't see her do it, so yeah. it's like, what's the point? It could have been any stunt double. <laughs> yeah. It could have been any person to do stunts. It could have been, so like, been a man under the costume, for all you know. Yeah, it could have yeah, been a, a so. double. Yeah, it could have been anybody. Uh, I got another question for you. Well, oh, oh speaking of uh, cameos, apparently, I think in that same location, Kevin Smith had a cameo uh, that he talked oh, about he? later. Yeah, he's apparently uh, one of these guys in the background also. Uh, on the on the planet of Kajini? On that same planet, correct, correct. Uh, I, gotta, I gotta go back. I, I, yeah, I, I tried I, freezing I it. I tried so. I tried to get a still of it, and it's maybe, I haven't maybe, maybe been able to. I need a better better quality. Uh, uh, when it, Maybe when it comes out, you could see it. Now, here, yeah. I got a question for you. So, um, 
so we meet uh, uh, the we go to the, the the we go to Endor or the the area of Endor, uh, of which there's multiple planets. We now find out because I thought the moon of Endor was just one moon of Endor. Now we find out there's nine planets around Endor. Yep. Um, and I think we find this out in the visual dictionary once again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All goes back to that It goes back dictionary. to that visual dictionary. <laughs> Guys, if you don't have this visual dictionary, you're missing about one third of the movie. You know, the least they could do is everybody who walks in the theater, they should just give them, here's a copy of the visual yeah, dictionary. You'll, I you'll remember. This. <laughs> okay, here we go. Tangent time. When I went to see Dune back in 1984, I think it was, and I, we might have talked about this. When people were walking in the theater, they were handing out a two-page glossary for people to read before watching the movie. So I should have known I was in big trouble when I'm supposed to read this glossary of all these characters and all these planets before watching a movie in a movie theater. Anyway, they should have given us everybody. Should, but hey, I'm getting, again, ahead of myself. So the, the chunks of the Death Star number two are now floating around in this planet and and we meet up with this group of people that are uh, ex-First Order troopers that now join the good guys and they're all riding horses. Wonderful, great. Ray says, I'm going over there because I'm going to go find my thing. And then uh, Kylo shows up and they have their battle. Finn and the new girl that he meets, they also go there because he wants to be near Ray. Okay, what was the point of him being there? Well, I mean... What does he accomplish by from a writing... Per, or even from a story perspective? Him being there going, Ray, no! Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 think, I think him going, you know, hey, Ray, no! I, I, I think that was the aftermath of him not being able to, like, to keep up with her. Because I, remember, he's the same guy who spent two movies chasing her down. I, right. All Force Awakens, he was trying to protect and, her. And let me ask you a quick all, question. All, all, all why was why to... was he chasing her down all the time? According to you, well, according to me, like he, he just has like this very protective, like I don't know if it's like a brotherly or maybe something more, like need to protect Ray. Apparently, like, you don't think there was really, a romantic thing, a, a possible? Uh, I, I I did at first, but I think that what when JJ saw what Ryan was going for and you know <laughs> what happened, I, what, I, I, meaning I what meaning meaning Rose, the introduction of the Rose character. Yeah, yes, yes, we all know okay. yes, Rose was a sort of and a boy, this whole did thing. she pay off? In spades in this oh, movie, they she gave, was. They gave her, oh yeah, she she was really going places. Wow, after she really <laughs> helped out in this. Uh, so, anyway, okay, she, wait. Uh, she really used talking? that computer to the best of her ability. I. Okay, so what's the point of Finn going there? What did he accomplish, or what was the point of him following her? It's kind of like Canto Bite. By the time Canto Bite was over. We all kind of said, you know what? There was really no point in coming here because they didn't really accomplish anything. Well, well I mean, that, that's that's, a, that's different. That, 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 that's like Kendall, Kendall Bite was like a whole wasted scene of just like literally the whole scene was crafted around that mission, right? This, and their mission just, was a failure. My point here is, yes, the Ray and Kylo sequence of them fighting and, you know, what leads to afterwards, one person dies and Hans, the, the ghost of the memory of Solo appear. You know, I get that. My point is. What was the point of from writing? You're writing a story and you're saying, and Finn follows them, and Finn is watching them fighting. What's the point? 
of him being there in that scene. Oh, well, I mean, I guess it could be two, two ways to think about it. Like, if they would have left him behind with Jaina, that means they po, would have had po to... Because Poe stayed behind and C-3PO stayed behind. Yeah, but then that's like half, that's like more than half of your crew just lounging around doing nothing. I think yeah. they wanted to have like that dynamic of, of Finn being able to want to chase Rey. And it makes sense because he was always protective of her. Then they get cut off and then, but at least it shows that struggle of like Finn being that protective you know, brother type figure now. So, so that it, it didn't pay off in anything tangible, but I think it showed, it just was more of a character building moment showing that Finn was courageous enough to, you know, go after her in the face of, you know, obvious danger. He, he didn't make it to get to her, obviously, and he didn't, he wasn't able to enter the Death Star, but he, I guess it, it was more of a, a showcase of what he has changed with. And instead of him running away from, you know, the First Order, it was him going after her now, chasing her, and, and and having that more confidence and you know courage to not run from everything, but you know run right into battle. I guess hmm. that's how that's what I got from it. Okay, all right, all right, that's a good one. I, I, I'll I'm, take I'm, that. I'm really I'm really pulling this stuff out. I'm trying, Carlos. I'm really trying to defend this movie as much as possible. <laughs> Here's another question for you: Why did Luke or Leia not know that Palpatine was still alive? Why didn't or alive? We don't even know what he is or what he was. Like, was he alive? Was he dead? Was he cloned? Was he... Is it conceivable that Leia and Luke, especially Luke in the last movie, still doesn't know that Palpatine is alive? The, the, well, the question rather Palpatine is alive, I, I don't think... Like, I, when the, at the end of Return of the Jedi, the, the, the Death Star blows up, right? Pal Palpatine's in the reactor, mm -hmm. it blows up, he's gone... So I think he was dead at that point. In fact, in fact, I think in the movie he says, I have died many times, or I have died before, or something like that. So I think he died then. I think he's gone. I think what happened is that the dark side of the Force, so powerful, it needed some conduit to, you know, push this energy back in, and probably is pretty powerful. It resurrected something that would have been a lot, it could have been anyone, I think, but I think the Sith cultists or whatever, they, Scraped up as much as possible from, from what was left of him. They, and you can tell, and you can tell because, you know, when you see certain shots and angles, he's, he's, he's clearly been like stitched together and brought back. He's, he's missing body parts. So he, he, it's, not, it's, not, it's not, it's not like he fed on the reactor, died, and then got back up. It was like, oh, well, <laughs> I'm glad I survived that. I, I'm pretty sure he died, but he was resurrected. Hey, Darth sort of, Maul like, got cut in half, and, and cannon wise, yeah, 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 he's, yeah, yeah. he came back. Yeah, yeah, and actually, I actually wish that we would have gotten something like that because in Clone Wars they brought him back through like this like very Sith like cultish. Right. But in Solo, it gets it confirmed. Proves, yeah, yeah, and it just proves that like you know the, this type of like cult cultish dark magic type stuff exists. But it just I don't know why they just didn't go again go the extra mile and show it on screen because it would have done it would have gone a long way in helping people sort of make it more palatable to people. Like, okay, he returned, but it wasn't just him standing up and being, you know, still being alive. It took some serious work and many years probably to, to summon his dark essence back up again. So so that was fine for me. Uh, and the fact that Luke didn't know about it. But when she goes to him afterwards, doesn't he confirm it? Yeah, it's, it's done so like not so long. So meaning like, what? That that's my, my my point is what that after once he's in the force, yeah, he now knows everything. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Like I, I, when he before he died, he had no knowledge of it. But after he moved on to this other side of the force, I guess it's sort of like being in like a like a cosmic 
you know, constant energy field of, you know, all-knowing knowledge, I guess. So, so he probably found out then. I was like, oh, damn. I wish I would have known that before. And then that's when, I guess, when he contacts, or when she asks him, really, then he he knows about it. But again, this stuff isn't told to us. We yeah. don't know. We just have to we just have to sort of go with it. But um, that's, that's what I took from it, where before he died, he didn't know. He had no idea. And then after he died... He found out about it through the Force. The sequence uh, where we see the flashback of Luke and Leia training with each other. Um, uh, I really didn't like that scene. That, well, the CGI was a little wonky. Uh, he looked kind of... Yeah. I mean, they put the helmets on them to, to, to help hide their, their faces yeah. a little bit. But uh, uh, he looked uh, kind of... Okay, she looked really off. And I could have yeah. swore... Again, I saw something about how her daughter played her. Yeah, yeah, during yeah. During the the younger scenes or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I think I think so. I think I think what was her name? Um, Billy Lord? Is it Billy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Billy Lord. Yeah. I, I think she played a, 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 some of those scenes where she was younger. Maybe they maybe they might have touched up her face afterward in post. But yeah, that, I heard that as well. Tell me if you remember this. In in the Last Jedi, uh, Luke's hut in the in the island, the door is basically a, a a piece of the wing of the X-wing because you see the, the 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 red stripes and all that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he used it as a uh, as a as a as a door because that's yeah. the one that Chewbacca pushes it and slams it. You know that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Here we see him raise the X-wing. And she flies off on the X-wing. Wouldn't the X-wing be missing a piece of the wing? Well, I, I think it was the. I don't think it was the whole. Like I don't think he really took the wing off uh-huh. because because also if you look if you go back to the Last Jedi, and you see it underneath the water, yeah. it, it has all of its wings. It's just the fact that I think I think the paneling. So uh, like, like a the, panel. It's like the cover. Yeah, it, it, it would be like t- taking the hood off your car and using the hood as like the door. Like I think the panel is probably gone so the wing should be exposed but wow. I think the wing itself is still there because in the last Jedi you see it underneath the water and the wings are still there. In one piece. When she leaves the, 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 the wreckage of the Death Star and lands in Exegol Kylo chases after her but she takes Kylo's ship. So the question is what did Kylo leave the wreckage of the Death Star with we actually do see a TIE fighter. So my question to you is, are we led to believe that he salvaged a TIE fighter from 40 years ago from underwater and he flew in it? I would imagine, probably not. I would say probably, well, I mean, th- that planet wasn't deserted. They probably had other, they probably had other, right. other. Uh, right, but he was stuck in the, uh, he's stuck in the wreckage. He's got to get out of that wreckage. How does he get out of the wreckage? How does he fly from the wreckage to Exegol? Hey, man, force powers. <laughs> I'm sure they have. I'm sure they have. Force and, and like I said, now. when, when <laughs> th- there is a quick shot in Exegol where he parks a Tie Fighter right next to the ship that yeah, she got. Yeah, off. that's where. That's where he gets. That's where he encounters the Knights of Ren. I think. Yeah, I, I don't know. That that, that I mean, I, I would imagine him being able to leave the Death Star. You know. So I guess sail across that ocean back to land and then, yeah, find something, some sort of, I guess, a TIE fighter or something. Yeah. Or, or, he, or he, he he might have been able to call some of his his homeboys to pick him up. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a weird one. That That's when I was wondering. All right, let's talk a little bit about the um, the, the arc of the, of the character. So let's, for example, uh, let's take, uh, let's start with some of the, the lesser known, the lesser important characters. So let's think about Hux. So Hux in the first film is this, Second in, he's not the top guy. He's the second guy, more or less, fighting with Kylo to get the attention of Snoke. In the second film, he gets his ass handed to him, basically, you know, by Kylo because Kylo ascends in power and kind of puts him in his place. In this film, 
they basically pulled a phasma on him. He's there for like two shots and goodbye. Unceremoniously eliminated. Yep. And he's supposed to be the spy also. This, this, I mean, I, I didn't buy, I, I didn't like him being the spy because it's like, why would he, I mean, I, I know he hates Kylo so much that he wants to kill him. But to go against his own group in that big of a fashion just to get to Kylo would put him in so much danger, and it did, and it got him killed right away. Well, I think it's just, I think, again, this idea of having him, it was it was a great idea, just poorly executed. <laughs> I love the idea of the fact that, yeah, he hates Kylo so much that he would, he would you know, go against everything that he's been working for just to, you know, give him a big screw you. That's cool. I like it. But it just, it just, it was done so quickly and without any build up. Like, again, it's just, it's like we, we don't have time. We have to move. We yeah, have to keep have going. To go. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, but I I I I like I like the fact that he, he he was killed so quickly because it just shows you know like okay you know he he was pretty much relegated to like comic relief in the second movie. So you know mm-hmm. at least they got at least they got him some sort of you know important role. At least it actually meant something important to the story. So I I, I like the the way it went, but just not how it got there. Basically, we talked a little bit about Rose already. Uh, Rose, obviously there's no Rose in the first, Rose pops into the second, and she serves a couple of purposes. One purpose is to be the, the, almost like the conscience of, of Finn when they go to, to the, to Canto Bight to show Finn, you know, the, the, the poor oppressed uh, people that you never even think of than how they're living in this squalor and they're abusing everything and then the rich people are are evil and they're taking advantage of the, the, the in the war they're selling to so she was part that was one of her purposes of, as a character the other purpose was in my opinion a red herring a romantic interest you know we're led to believe that hey wait wait a minute now uh finn uh, there's this girl he kind of likes but now there's another girl that kind of likes yeah. him so which way is he going to go? Which way is he going to go? So by the time we get to this film, as far as I can tell, Rose did nothing, had no purpose other than to maybe say some technical things because she's an engineer kind of mechanic kind of person. But yeah. as far as helping Finn in, in character development or even her own development, zip. Yeah, um, there's no you're not going to hear any argument from me on that one. Uh, I mean, to be honest, I, I, again, I, I respect the actress. I like Marie Tran. She's great. She was, you know, she, she was a trooper when it came to all the negativity tossed at yeah, her. Yep. But her character was wasted. So ham fisted and wasted, and it served no purpose in. To be honest, it served no purpose in The Last Jedi, let alone Rise of Skywalker. And, and she probably had like double the amount of time that she did in The Last Jedi. Well, n- not that I wanted this to happen, but if in this film they would have developed her more to, let's say, become more romantically involved with Finn, then you can say that is the purpose. It was the, the purpose was to get Finn finally somebody to, to kind of be his, his girlfriend, let's say. Yeah, I think that would have done more harm to the film, honestly. But, it would have slowed things down. It would have introduced yet yeah, another layer. I, I, I honestly, I hate to say it, but I, I'm, glad for the, I'm glad the character was taken out of the board because keeping her in there would have been... I mean, what, what would they have done with that? I mean, they would have given a romantic interest to Finn, yes, but there's so much else going on that I feel served a purpose better. But I don't they, think they also, uh, there, there are films where, you know, you, you and sometimes, again, it, it, it looks bad where everybody gets their chance at saving everybody. Everybody gets yeah. to press the button. Everybody Even, gets to yeah, close the yeah. door. 
They didn't even let her do that. She couldn't. <laughs> they didn't give her any technical, you know, whamma jamma, anything, nothing. There was nothing. It's like, okay, all right. She got a pat, she got a pat on the shoulder from Poe. about it. They kind of threw her near Leia a lot of times. And I heard something, again, if you read some of these uh, things that, yeah, they, they were, because they were trying to kind of cover shots with Leia, they were using her sometimes to help cover shots and that sort of thing. <laughs> they were using her as a shield. <laughs> uh, I don't know. She was like, I guess, blocking certain things. Uh, Lando, we talked about him. It's a cameo. It's not really. Uh, it's not really a role, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, and but again, would you have wanted more? I mean, it it, it, it just goes back to that earlier segment where yeah, I don't think he could have pulled it off. Too, too much. Yeah, well, yeah, that and and then people would have been complaining about it. it's just too much fan service. I, I think we got a good amount of Lando. He came in. He did. He did something cool. You know. I don't think it, I think it was it was tastefully done. I don't think it was too much or too little. Chewbacca. Let's talk about Chewbacca. Chewbacca has been in a lot of these films. He really doesn't have much of an arc in terms of he's Han Solo's co-pilot. He's the he's the the sidekick. Yeah, he's a sidekick. He's he's the, the the guy on the side. And and in this film, he's kind of like the guy on the side. At one point, we're like, oh my god, they just killed Chewbacca. It's like, no, <laughs> they didn't kill Chewbacca. Okay, he's fine. Everybody, don't worry about it. <laughs> it was like, okay. And by the end of the film, you know, they even give him, I think they give him Han's medal, like, yeah, as, a, yeah. as a thing, you know, it's very emotional. The, the end felt a lot like Lord of the Rings, where everybody has their little moment of, of reflection and, and this and that. It was like, okay, whatever, I guess he's he's now the, the co-pilot with, you know, like before, with, with Ray and that sort of thing. So there's not much to Chewbacca. Maz Katana really, again, she's there to... Kind of like a spiritual advisor in a way. She's you know she's connected yeah. to the force, but she's not a Jedi or anything like that. She she's also yeah. there, I think, to kind of protect the Leia scenes to to help out with that. Uh, they introduced Richard Grant's character, who's like super super Grand Moff Tarkin. You know, it's like yeah, you yeah, thought yeah, Hux yeah. was bad. We got an even worse guy now, and he yeah, he's yeah, like and you, you want to talk about like a character? I, I, if you said like um, uh, Hux's character was like wasted, like, like this guy had nothing. Like I, I was. I remember I got the Vandy Fair issue of um of you know, the Star Wars Vandy yeah. Fair and showed him for the first time. I was oh man, this guy means business. Look look, look at those boots. This guy this guy's gonna be nah, he's gonna be something. Uh, nope. He was I mean, he was Hux. It's it's basically Hux. It's Hux just by a different Papa actor. Uh, I mean the only thing I can say is, is is again Star Wars is known for this. Like this is nothing new, right? I mean they always introduce a character that looks really cool, has some sort of, and then they kill him or they give him. What we're talking about here is has been going on, you know, forever. They always introduce these characters right out of nowhere. Then they they're cool looking, we fall in love with them, but then they don't really do anything. Like yep. <laughs> I mean, if you think back to Return of the Jedi, like Mon Mothma, Admiral Akbar, like. No one knew where they came from. They, they didn't do anything. <laughs> they oh, just stood around. Yeah, but I we know. all love them. The new character of Janna, who is the, 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 the First Order uh, ex-troopers, uh, she, she and her group that they meet up. Again, I got the feeling at first, because they paired her up with Finn, they have the, 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 the trooper connection and they both are troopers that quit, that, that, that uh, you know, abandon their, their First Order... Uh, uh, command or whatever. I got the feeling they were they were setting us up again, like Rose. I was like, "Ooh, wait a minute, maybe he's interested in her." And it's like, okay. And then they're riding the horse together, and they're going on the mission together, and nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, I think they were they were just baiting us to to throw another possible Finn love interest, and then at the end, to me, again, because 
forget the visual dictionary. If you don't read the visual dictionary, you're not going to know this. You're missing a third of the movie. So there's, there's a story there, but Lando's like, uh, well, what's your name? Uh, and, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, so the 88-year-old guy is now hitting on the 26-year-old girl. Yeah, that's the way it came it's off like, for huh? me as well. Uh, yeah, when I, saw, when, I saw, and I tried, when I saw it the second time, I was like, okay, let me, let me, let me, let me see. Maybe I, miss, maybe I misread it. It just comes off as like this really creepy. Yeah, vibe. it's it's Lando creepy, like eighty year old yeah, Lando yeah. creepy. Uh, and I think I think I know what they're going for. I think they're going more so like okay, maybe so you know, I, I'm you know an older guy. You know, I can take the under my wing. We can we can find out. No, no, it just didn't come off no. like that at all. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I, I know it doesn't I know, come out. I know. I know. Now. Now, if we look at the visual dictionary that they should have handed out in the beginning of the movie for everyone to see, uh, <laughs> wh- why don't you explain to everybody what her connection is going to be or might be or something? Oh, uh, actually, no, I, I don't. I don't. I don't you don't What's, know. What, well, yeah, no, Lando what? apparently, when the Empire took over, he lost a daughter. A daughter. He had a daughter oh, that disappeared. So, okay. so, and so they are going. So then. they're going in the direction. I think of this might be his long lost daughter that he was looking for all his uh, you know last twenty years. 30 I years. Was, I was hoping they really wouldn't do that. I, I was really hoping they, they, they uh, wouldn't take it down that road. I, uh, that's where I think they're heading with her. And again, but you don't even know this because in the movie, you don't know that. You get just the creepy feels at the end. And then the rest of the, the beginning, you're like, love interest, love interest, love interest. Nope, not love interest. Creepy love interest. Yeah. Ah, you know. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I have no problem introducing like a sort of like false love thing because you know that happens you know that, that's that's something that sort of normally happens but to like, do it know, twice it, not, not, to do it yeah, twice know, in a row with two different girls is well, like well, it, it, it wasn't as it wasn't as implied as rose rose was like she literally said you know she literally kissed him on the yeah. mouth and said you know we saved the ones we love that's pretty heavy-handed uh, with jana it, it was just them being they, they just got paired up next to each but other but that's the thing when you pair up in real life it doesn't work that way in real life you could be talking to somebody multiple times and there's nothing going on but in a movie the fact that they're both clone true it's like oh my god uh, you know it's like i know exactly how you feel because i've done exactly what you did you know in in a movie they're giving you those connections because they want you to to connect the cable you know they want you to to make that spark yeah you know yeah. Well, well, well i mean it's funny you say that because they do it for this but like there's so many other things that that, that they could have connected cables to if not this whole sequel trilogy oh. but yeah very few cables have been connected if that's this whole sequel trilogy don't, so don't cross the streams whatever yeah. you do uh c3po man on that trailer it was his death this was going to be his glorious yeah. death yeah, and, and I, remember, I think I was telling them like I don't think so. I think they're just they're they're trying to they're fooling us. They're trying to. No, it, it got me. I really thought they were gonna do yeah. it. I thought they were gonna commit to it, but and then by the end of the movie, he's back to completely normal. No, he's fine. He's, he got yeah, his memories he's, he's back. He didn't yeah. get hurt. He's just fine. Don't worry about it. R two has the backup. You know, he always has a backup. Now here's my question: If R two D two has a backup, how come they wiped his memory at the end of uh, New Hope? Remember, at the end of New Hope, they wipe his memory. No, they wipe C-3PO's memory. C-3PO's memory. So couldn't R2 yeah. have reloaded his memory at the end of uh, at the end of Rogue One? No, at the oh, end of uh, oh, Revenge of the Sith? Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, but I mean, why would he? <laughs> no, no one told him to do it. So, like, it's, it's, that's it's, his it's best friend. That's like... the least he could do for him. Come on. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> no wonder those two I, I, hate I, each I, other. I'm going to hold all of your memories inside of me, but I'm never going to ask you to it back only to you. If, only if that person asks me, I'll put him back. If not, you're on your own. Learn everything all over again. It's going to take you 70 years. It's a great friend. Um, okay, Poe. Poe, Poe. from what I remember, uh, Force Awakens, arc. he was supposed to die. 
And then yeah. for some reason, I don't know if it was in the writing process or in the shooting of the film, they decided not to kill him because they kind of liked, he's kind of like the Han Solo character. He's the brash. Yeah. And then in the second film, he became even so overconfident that, it, it, you know, the Ryan Johnson thing where he's the reason why Haldo is not telling anybody anything and is uh, keeping so it quiet. It's like, okay, so he's going to learn a lesson. He's going to learn to be more responsible more gen more of a general as opposed to a hot shot you know a fly boy so where is he now like are we now in the point where he is more careful and more of a general i mean do you, do you, uh, I, I wouldn't say i wouldn't say like, well, where, how does he okay, grow in this film well by the end of this movie i wouldn't say yes he, he's learned everything he's now he should, he should be a general he's learned because when leia dies he's, he's a general like they, they said okay you're the general and you're yeah, a general yeah, yeah, everybody's I, a general yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm saying it's more mentally yeah but i mean there, there was uh, there is definite growth there but it's just it, it's it's not a nice tidy arc that we've seen in most you know movies where you know they start from nothing they have their phase of learning and then they right. you know they they use that learning with this it was more you know a phase of learning to make a stupid mistake get chastised for it right. and then slowly build. i mean because he, his character definitely did change he's, he's not the same character he was in force awakens but i guess it's just the way it was shown where it just it didn't come off as like he learned everything it, to me this felt like his second act really like th th this felt like it would be his second movie and then there should be another one afterwards yeah. where he's now in command and he now he now has right. like this more complete because right now it just he, he this is the beginning of his finalization of his arc well really. they they spent at least half his airtime his screen time with the uh, Carrie Russell character so they 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 wasted i guess if you can call it a waste but they they spent half his time with a possible you know ex hot fling that later in the movie she comes back to help you know, like everybody else comes back to help and you're like, okay, I guess these two are going to be an item now and he's in charge. Okay, maybe that's maybe that's where they're going. I don't know. I have, honestly don't know. Let me jump to Luke. Luke, he basically died on the last film. So in this film, he was, it's a cameo as far as I'm concerned. You know, Luke to it, me it, is it, like it, Billy D. It, it's a cameo, but I think this one out of all the other arcs, I think this one is the most important because... What he does here when he catches the when 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 Ray's gonna throw the lightsaber away oh. again and 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 then is this a whole like flip of what that's, mine did to in me the first that's one? A, it's a check mark moment it's a oh no, no, no. So me, these me, guys are pissed so okay uh, he does feel reverence for the for the for the lightsaber well, yeah I, I, I mean you gotta think about though it makes sense like I, like he just he he died you know after he basically realized that yeah he made a mistake to toss away everything away so now. After he died, he's coming back now. And says, "Listen, I, I died trying to, you know, you know, I died learning this lesson, you know, that the Jedi don't need to just end completely. So when he catches the lightsaber, to me, that's not that's not saying, you know, okay, let's screw what Ryan did. Let's just, you know, just give Sand fans what they want. To me, that's what Luke. I mean, everyone was saying like, oh, that's not my Luke in the Last Jedi. Well, okay, this when he catches the lightsaber and reprimands Rey for for throwing it away. That to me is like that's Luke. That's what he would do. He he, he would have learned his lesson about tossing everything away, <laughs> and then he would have then he would have given it back, and then he would have stopped her and said, okay, you know what? Don't do don't make the same mistake I did. To me, that's that feels like a complete. That to me feels like the most complete arc actually out of all mm. the characters because because he can see. I mean, he 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 literally died in the first in the Last Jedi because he 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 rejected that whole 
you know, Fear of the Jedi. He, he, he died so that he, he can, you know, course correct on that because he projected himself, he embodied the Jedi, and he died. Now he came back to stop Ray from doing the same thing or, you know, falling into the same trap. So to me, uh, he had an arc. To me, to me, it, 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 it wasn't actually like just JJ, you know, having to scramble or, or give a big screw you to, to, to Ryan. To me, that's given what he was working with. That to me is what the next character, that's, that's the next step the character would actually do. Hmm. Uh, Leia. Obviously, uh, in the first film, she's trying to convince everybody that something bad is about to happen. Nobody's listening to her. And then it happens. And then she's on the run with everybody else. Second film, she is on the run still and then gets hurt. Yeah. And then five minutes later. <laughs> yeah, it's five minutes later. And then she gets hurt. So she kind of out of commission for a while. But in the process, we find out that she has powers. Okay, interesting. And then she kind of comes back at the end to kind of wrap things up. But in the process, because we lose Luke... You know, and we lost Han Solo in the first. She is hurt. She is becoming uh, mentally and physically hurt by these deaths that are affecting her too. Obviously, in this film, she's not around. So, by them trying to reconstruct something, they kind of work it so that she helps Ray uh, not only train, kind of like a I don't want to say a Yoda type of. Well, it is a lot of physical training and. Which I, I still I cannot wrap my hand my head around how much training can she do since we've never seen her really embrace the Force. It's different when you have a character like Luke or or Ray that out of the blue they start training with somebody who really knows their stuff, an, an Obi Wan or a Yoda type of character or even a Luke type of character, but. With her, we never saw it do it. And then you do get that little flashback of her and Luke. So you're like, oh, I guess that's where this whole thing happened that we never saw. So she does have enough information in her head to train Ray in some shape or form, which I cannot understand. But her purpose in this film really is to save Ray by hurting Kylo, I guess. Because... Not only do you get, I think you also hear her voice at the end when all the Jedi's are talking to uh, yeah, to Ray. Yeah. But part of that distraction that Kylo gets when they're having that battle, I think, has to do with Leia. Oh yeah, yeah, that's why I took. Yeah, and and uh, first of all, I, I don't think Leia was the one who was like doing more of the physical training with Ray. I think I think she was there as more of like a guide to sort of like walk her through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think because remember Ray also has all those Jedi texts. She's been. So studying okay, up on so she's, she's learning from so, the book. She's a book learner. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it's been what from the time after Last Jedi to Rise Skywalker is three years. Is it, I think is it that much? Wow. Uh, let's, let's say two, three years, maybe. And that's a, that's a, that's a pretty decent amount of time, at least to get you know the ability. And Ray itself, Ray herself was already physically you know adept. We saw her fight before, even before this training. So mm-hmm. so I don't think she needs a lot of like physical training i think she needs more mental training which i think the mental stuff i think leia could help her with um because she probably had to pick herself up from her bootstraps and, and learn herself but leia leia's arc is sort of weird I, I mean unfortunately i think a lot of it gets marred by the fact that she just wasn't there in that last movie yeah. so you know the, analyzing her arc sort of is it's not really fair because she didn't have the time to complete that last movie to, to or the, her, have them write it to that so 
I think we got from the most of it in Last Jedi, and unfortunately, it was not really my favorite Leia stuff. But but her connection to her death, her character death, has to do with Kylo dying. But then, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's again, like, yeah. But wait a minute, how and why did she die? Because I, I think, well, I think first of all, because of she, I think she naturally was going downhill. I, I think she probably would have died regardless. But yeah. but I, I think that I, when she this way again, this way I took it. When Kylo has that memory of Han, I think that was Leia's last attempt to try to turn Ben back. So I think when she projected, when she projected that mental memory of her, his father to him, I think that was like literally her last effort to say, "Listen, douchebag, <laughs> your father died. You literally killed your father. Can you please just listen to him one more time?" I think that I think that last bit of um, yeah, as she was already starting to die. I guess because of just all the energy that's being drained out of her, that's when she's able to distract Kylo, and then he yeah, loses that battle. Pretty, pretty much, she did what Luke did with the whole Force projection, except she didn't right. project herself. Right. She just projected. She projected enough of a distraction. Yeah, to, yeah, and then, but and then like Luke, that that last that last bit of energy was enough to take her out. Mm. Now, what about Han Solo? Even though he shows up here, we know he's not a Force ghost. We're told he's a memory. Oh, hold on. Let me ask you before we even get into that. Did they like literally was Han like? Did they shoot that scene? Was that new or or, or was that like 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 did Harrison Ford show up to shoot? That? I think so because to me he looked different. He looked like slightly de-aged to me. Huh. Uh, he looked a little weird, and I know maybe yeah, it's he, because we see always he's always playing older characters now. Yeah, right. But he looked a little weird to me. Uh, but no, I'm pretty sure it's new. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think this was shot years ago. No. Impossible. It might have been like it might have been like a CGI, or like a CG effect of him or something like that. But yeah, I was I wasn't sure if no, it's if definitely that, they, they actually they actually got. Oh no no it, yeah, it, it was him as far as I know. But I but again to me he looked a little weird and I, and I think it yeah, might they, be, they, they probably did some sort of. I think they try to maybe smooth out his wrinkles a little bit or something like yeah, that. Probably, possibly. Yeah, probably. Again, you just crawled out of bed. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Because this is a memory, I guess it doesn't really count as the arc of the character because the character died two movies ago so yeah right there's right. not it's not really much there we saw, we talked about luke we talked about leia now let's go let's go to the main characters kylo let's start with kylo so his arc is obviously we know he he, he we mentioned early he grew up a, a loving family that little by little he got turned to the dark side he's being manipulated all this time by Palpatine, which we don't know until this movie, which who knows, who cares at this point? <laughs> was it originally intended? Who knows? And as he's going through this, he starts to find this connection with Rey, and Rey eventually, not by herself, it seems to be more having to do with the fact that because he killed Han Solo, that has continually been bothering him. He killed his own father to the point where this memory and the fact that she healed him the combination of those two events is what triggers his change, his his flip to the to the light side, if you will, that brings him to the end of the movie that they both fight Palpatine and blah blah blah. At the last second, he kisses her, which, eh, are we? It could have been a lot worse. It could have been a uh, lot worse. Is is this a uh, is this a, a a rose moment? Is this implied that these two were meant to be together? Uh, is that is that the message we're supposed to? I mean, do you get that message 
from, from no and, and let me preface this by saying this i was going into this movie i was so against anything at all to do with like the silly Raylo shipping thing where they uh, this was supposed to be together so like, what's the, what was the there, point there's there? a lot of people like just harping on the fact that they wanted to see them together like they wanted to, like romantically you know have them both entangled together i was really against it i did not want to see it at all what i got was nothing to me to me when they kissed it, it was it was nothing romantic about it to me when i saw that i immediately thought that this was sort of a function of because she had basically revived him and you know given him life back yeah that kiss to me felt more of like a return on investment really where well, at this point know, he revived her he's 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 giving his life force over right, to her right. Right, and I think I think like, but that kiss at the end was like, to me, it seemed more symbolic and more like cosmic on a grander scale. Right, it was like to me that kiss did not mean like they were going to go out and have like you know you know a, a movie and dinner together or something. It was nothing romantic about it. To but me, it throughout felt more these like, three films, do do you not get the feeling that he's no, very I, interested in her? No, I never did, and that's what, that's what, so that's what always bothered me. With what's this whole what, thing. what is it that? What do well, that's, you that's, think that's the, he wants from her? I, I think, and again, I, I could be all. I, I, this could be just me trying to block out as much as like the romance <laughs> in it as possible. Because I really love the idea that these two characters they're, are like they're touching they're, they're hands, they're, like, they're more they're, like they're know. more like avatars of like one represents like the actual light of the force, yeah. and the other represents the dark. And because they're always so like you know encircling each other, and like they're sort of like ensnared with each other, that, that they always have to feel like they have to have to like be in proximity, proximity with but each see, other. That's, but there's nothing romantic about but, it, but, though. It's but just can like can you separate your interpretation from what you think the writer of the film is telling you? Like, I might not like what the writer's telling me, and I might say, well, I choose to think he meant this. But do you do you think that's what the writer meant, or you're just talking about yourself? All right, that's a good question because that's what I took from it. So clearly, that's what I think he was going because like, like like that's how I interpreted it. So that's what I I think he was going for. But uh, clearly, there's so many people online that <laughs> love this idea, and, I, and like apparently they that's all they see is just you know this sexual tension between the two of us, romantic nature. I don't know. I think there's so, a so, big difference between, and I know there's different camps out there. There are people that are putting Poe and Finn together. I'm like, no way. There is no yeah, intent. Yeah, it, it, that's no just evidence that's of just it. a you know, that's just wishful thinking and, and whatever you want to call it. But yeah. there I don't see the writer's intent whatsoever. Right, right. And I But I, with I, these two, I do see an intent. Uh, no, see, I, I don't. I when I well, you're right. If, if suddenly in this movie, you know, Paul Dameron and Finn got together, I, I'm like, okay, that's cool. But I'm pretty sure that's not that was never the intent. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that's not what they were intending to to to, to, to end up with. But with Kylo and Ray, like uh, to me, I never got this really sexual, like romantic tension. You know, I got more of like like they were trying something bigger like it, it wasn't just like a han and leia romance where you know yeah. like i love you you love me yeah. to me i felt like these two were like tidally locked to each other and like a much bigger scale and hmm. I, I unfortunately i i'm talking like you know cosmic destiny force you know, right, right, that, right, right. That, that type of thing um so that's why I, I feel like when they did have that kiss at the end it was more of like one side basically relinquishing power back to the next, thus killing Kylo and allowing Ray to live. Like it, it just strikes me as more 
as more a cosmic balance rather yeah, than but actual. I, again, you don't. I can't imagine a, a storytelling reason to kiss a character. I mean, this isn't Godfather Part Two, where you know uh, Michael kisses his brother before he sh- kills him. You know. Yeah, no, I get you. I, 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 I definitely get you. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So that's yeah. That's that's. I mean, he does have the arc where where he does turn good and he does the good thing at the end. I get that. That works. Now let's look at Ray. Let's look at her. Well, now we know this bizarre background of her being Palpatine and and she seemed to have good parents. Their parents. The the, the that yeah, three second flashback. The par- the parents seem like nice people. Yeah, even but, though the but, I think the guy is the Palpatine and the girl is not the Palpatine. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, that's, that's and, but for some there. reason. At a, at, a, at a certain time in their lives, Palpatine was ready to, hey, give me your granddaughter. I'm going to turn it into a monster or something, whatever. And they're like, no, you can't have my granddaughter. You can't have your daughter. Go away, creepy old guy. You know, I don't know. I guess, is that how it was? Did they already know ahead of time that he was going to come after them? Were they evil henchmen and they were living in, I don't know, some penthouse somewhere with the evil Palpatine ghost or or, or or were they just as much victims as as her? It seems like they were victims because apparently they sent this this killer to come kill them. And then, but her daughter, but they were able to hide the daughter with with uh, in Jakku with with the uh, Ungu plot, you know that guy. <laughs> and and I don't see how. I mean, I guess they were able to successfully hide her. So she grows up innocent and super talented. Always searching for her parents, waiting for them to come back. And now she meets uh, Finn and Poe and everybody, and she's into the adventures. And she starts to discover her powers. And we go through this whole thing, again, in my opinion, with Finn. Finn we'll talk about last. To me, there's something with Finn. And, And I know that, especially in this movie, it has to do with Finn's connection to the Force. That he actually does have a connection to the Force. So... In a way, some people were saying that, well, you know, by making her a Palpatine in this movie, that means that only special people, the elite, the super special with sugar on top kind of people get to have the superpowers. Because obviously Kylo has the the, the Skywalker blood and she has the Palpatine blood. So the rest of our schmucks don't have anything. Where in Last Jedi, if you remember the end of La- the Broom Boy, remember Broom Boy at the yeah. end? Where's Broom Boy now? We have no- Broom Boy. They forgot about Broom Boy. Bro- they put him away. It's just like they put away half this cast. In a way, they were kind of opening up the the Force to everybody. Everybody could be a, a Force wielding individual. But here, you know, we're sticking with these main characters. So again, in my opinion, there was something, but maybe there's not. Who knows? So by the end of this movie, she's able to resist. The evilness of her heritage that she finds out, you know, at the last minute, more or less. And she possibly gets to maybe continue with the Jedi tradition. She, you know, she she buries the, 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 the sabers in Tatooine. She sees the Force Luke and the Force ghost of Leia. Uh, and she ignites her own yellow lightsaber. Ooh, yellow. yeah. yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I was surprised to see that, actually. So is that supposed to be indicative of her continuing the the, the the Jedi tradition, the Jedi arts or something? What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that positive. That, that's not the last time we're going to see that yellow lightsaber. I'm pretty sure, you know, that's a pretty big hint that uh, that she's going to continue with it. And uh, 
Because in, in order to even make that, she would have had to, you know, done something like outside of what we're normally used to, how the Jedi acquire the lightsaber. So there has to be something else now that they're gonna have to that she had to have gotten to 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 get it. So well, they can make anything up. Obviously, uh, let's talk about Finn. Finn is our last character. Uh, which is super connect. I mean, it's 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 the three characters. Those three characters are the main characters. You know, Finn, Ray, and and Kylo. He is a complete nobody. Uh, he's actually uh, well. Then they say that like with these are not they're not clones, but the the kids are like stolen early. They're they're yeah, picked yeah. early. Yeah, the first order goes from to their families. Planets. Yeah, yeah, and then they, go they start training them right away, very yep. young, and and so he's the he's the the guy that quit, and then he 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 mutinied. He left. Did we get hints? Do we get hints that he has some force powers? Are they kind of like Leia during the original trilogy where he might have a feeling and that feeling is enough for us to say, oh, he's he's got the force? I think so, but it was done so subtly. Like, it seemed to me like J.J. was just like, you know what? I, 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 let me just give you a tiny little hint, you get, and you guys, after I'm done, you guys can make whatever story you want with it and play around with it. It, it. it seemed like it was so subtly implied. Like you know, you can take it as yeah, he was positive, or it was just no. He, they, they, it's just a cork of fins. <laughs> but like, it, it seems, it seems like. Like they were hinting at it, but they didn't touch on it in the, in the movie at all, like, like directly, you know. Yeah, in the first film, I mean, he does handle the lightsaber at the end, and he gets his butt kicked. But he doesn't get, like, super... I mean, he gets hurt, but you figure that somebody with no experience whatsoever would get killed by, by Kylo Ren, out of all people. Right. But he doesn't get killed, but he does get hurt. So, okay, and, you know, he has to then recover from that injury... Not so much in the last film, but in the la- in the in the in the last film in the, in the previous film, he is. Cha- I mean, to me, he chases after her all the time. He's always connected with her. Is she okay? Is she where is Ray? Is Ray here? Where's Ray? I, I don't know. Have you seen Ray? Where's Ray? You know, a lot of that. Yeah. And again, to me, that's th- this guy's got the hots for her. I mean, I know he's not spelling it out, but it to me, it's there in this film. There's a lot more of what's Ray feeling? Oh, I think she's feeling this, or I think she's there. Is that her? I think that's her. You know, there's a lot more of that. Again, yeah. it goes back to the Empire Strikes Back, the the Leia. I feel this, or I feel that. I feel, I feel, I feel. They're hinting at it more. And there's a couple of instances in this film, and I remember there was that scene where they're kind of falling through that quicksand into that underground chamber. And he was like, I want to tell you something. I I need to tell you something. And then, bloop, they go down. And again, if you go on the internet, JJ, uh, when when asked about what is he trying to tell her, he's saying that he wanted to tell her he's Force-sensitive. So, again, people that are hoping that he wanted, because they're about to die, and he wanted to tell her he loves her. No, I'm force sensitive. I'm gonna die now. Goodbye. <laughs> That's what he's telling us that was meant. Uh, I don't know. I, I I mean, if she's not the love interest, Rose is not the love interest. The new girl is not the love interest. There is no love interest. It's like well, that, that's okay with me. I, I, not every movie has to have a, a, a sort of a, a you know cliche then, love interest. But <laughs> don't hint. Then don't hint at it. Don't. Don't tease us with it and then not give it to us. Well, yeah, I guess. With three different girls. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> but, 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 I mean, it, it, that never really bothers me because, like, again, in real life, you know, you can't have people who show interest in but just the, the other person is not interested. Or So, so, so to me, it, it's more interesting rather than right, having one side really, say, I love you, and the other says, yeah, oh, yeah, I love you Yeah, but think about too. this. Nobody gets shot down. 
he never outright says anything and she never shoots him down. Rose <laughs> is more aggressive and kisses him, but he never is like, no, leave me alone. You know, he never pushes back. Uh, girl number three, again, there is, there is no pushback. There is no push forward or push back with this new girl. Now think about Poe. First film, he doesn't care. Nobody's interested. Second film, Nah, he doesn't care. Nobody's really interested in Poe. This film, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's this old, old flame that he had. And it's like, oh, what's going on here? Maybe we can, uh, you know, whatever. So, again, it, it goes to the writing. Why suggest something three different times and then don't deliver on either one of those three? It doesn't make sense to me. Well, I mean, it, it, it's, it's also... Oh, hard because we're talking about two different directors. So like when, when, when uh, like each one of them, like it would have been okay if they did that once, but technically they did do it once because JJ did it once and then Ryan did it once, <laughs> but like they both did it in a vacuum. They both did it, you know, separate from each other. So, right, but uh, but now you're doing it a third time with the with a repeat director. He didn't shoot it down. He didn't again. I, what he's, I, I never what he's telling us behind though. the scenes, it's different than what he's putting on the screen. Yeah, on the screen, yeah. he once again, basically, what he did on the screen is again, like I said before, when Mas Katana asks Han Solo, "What's the story with this girl?" and he's like, "Oh," and then they cut because that's where he's telling her what her story is, and that's where we're thinking, "Oh my God, whatever connection she has to the Star Wars." universe is being now told but we can't hear it because they cut away from it yeah well, well here well, they did the same thing i'm gonna die i'm gonna die i gotta tell you something the audience doesn't know it's like oh that's, I, I, uh, I think a lot of this also is is sort of the style that they've gotten where they want to like drop all these sort of like loose threads in star wars so that later on that writers and they can sell more books and comics and make it make it easier to to, to create supplemental material because i've noticed that oh. And the movies that they yeah. always love to drop like random sort of lines and you know things that could be expanded upon later, so that there's always this constant stream of material being able to be picked up later on. So I think that, I think a lot of that stems from this as well. Two more people I want to quickly uh, talk about that are you can kind of consider them cameos almost because they're so short the the roles, and then you know we can wrap it up. One is the character of Snap. Wexley. Oh, yes. Played by Greg Grunberg, who kind of was the wedge, if you will, of this new trilogy. The guy that kind of survives everything. Speaking of wedge, wedge does have a a huge, huge one second cameo, which, oh my God, why why do you even bother to have a one second cameo? Anyway, so Snap is kind of like the... I don't know. He's like the lucky character that keeps showing up on every episode and every and every and this one. Spoiler alert: they they kill him, they blow him out of the water. Well, I, I was really upset by this because I, I've been I'm like, what the he, hell? I, I, I've been reading all the comics and the like. like he has he basically has his own series. Um, in in, in it's, it's the Paul Dameron series of comics, but Snap was like the main second character in it. So and, and then he's he's been in like a bunch of the books, you know, since aftermath they introduced him. So I mean, you him you so get quickly. to kill Leia, you get to kill Kylo, you get to kill the Emperor, but you brought him back. I know, so the, do you I, really have a need to kill more people? I, I know. And Snap was like like so like he's becoming like so like a fan favorite, and like, he to kill him. And I'm like, oh okay, that's right. I'm saying he's, he's like really the wedge. Needed. He's wedge. He's the guy that makes it. At least one guy makes it. But guess but guess what? It gets even worse than that. 
Because we found out a couple of days ago through the internet that guess who else they killed? Neil Numb. Well, I think that, I think this one might still be up for debate. I don't, I don't think this one is actually confirmed because, because you don't actually well, isn't, see him. Isn't the writer of the of the book, the novelization, confirmed it that in the novelization you're going to see that he dies? We'll see. We'll see. The writer did say that, but I'm not sure. Maybe maybe they'll say you know, okay, just don't don't maybe don't mention him or or you know maybe that's just his thought in it. We won't actually see a reference to him. I, I have no idea. Yeah, there's no, there's no real point in saying, oh yeah, you know what, Nine Nev is dead. Like, you're pointing at killing him, but you know, <laughs> and the same thing, same thing with Akbar, really. Uh, like, I have no, I have no problem with characters I, dying. That's what I mean. It's like an Akbar moment. It's people were so pissed off. Why do you kill this guy? You don't have a reason to kill. Kill someone else. Yeah, kill I, an unimportant character. Yeah, and and, and I, I, I get, you know, war happens. Real, you know, real casualties and all, but. This, this Star Wars has never been like a true to life war. We, we, we don't go. To, this isn't like Signifier Ryan, where we no. go in knowing like, okay, this is real life. You know, real art imitating life here. Right? We go in for like you know the super heroics, the, the cool shots and everything. So yeah, I don't know why they have like this this need to like knock off the characters. But yeah, well, you know, again, to me the movie um, again, I still like Force Awakens. This one. Uh, well, Last Jedi really disappointed me, and this one, to me, tried to fix some of the mistakes, tried to tell a story, but I just felt like things were being done in clusters and patchworks and checkoff marks. It just felt jumbled up. I don't know if, if a two-part movie would have helped. Like I mentioned earlier, to, to me, even though I disliked The Last Jedi more than this film, The Last Jedi at least was more cohesive. The story was being oh, told in an order. No, no and, way. I, I, uh, no, I no, I, I didn't feel like things were being rushed. I think actually things were going very slow at certain points. Here, it's a different kind of problem that things are so fast that that you're they're saying just just don't ask questions. Just go move on to the next scene. Just just go to the next one. But I still dislike Last Jedi more than this one. That's for yeah. sure. No, I, 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 I don't see that at all. I, I see this as, as much faster, definitely. Like Last Jedi is like molasses compared to this one as being like lightning. But yeah. But but with Last Jedi, it was a very jumbled mess. Like they had like canceled bite, which didn't matter. They had this mutiny on the ship that didn't matter. But they had, they had this, this slow, agonizing chase scene. Right. The, but my, my my point is that with Last Jedi. They gave you explanations for things. Granted, they were bad. Expl- as far as I'm concerned, they were bad explanations. But they were explain. They were explaining things badly. Here, they're not even. It's almost like because you're not going to like the explanations, we're not even going to tell you the explanations. We're going to just move on. So it's a different, a different problem uh, with with this film. Yeah, yeah, and I, I get that. I also think that, like, I think if you know that going in, and you <laughs> can can separate the fact that okay, I'm just gonna watch a movie. I'm gonna see some quick special effects. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and, and and you know, if you can close yourself off to like the reasoning doesn't add up logically for a lot of this, this movie is by far the best out of the sequel trilogy for me. Wow. That, being, that, that being yeah, that being said, uh, the sequel trilogy as a whole. Now that we have all three movies, mm. what a mess! <laughs> what, yeah. what a mess! I mean, to, to to think that this Skywalker saga ended so like with like a pop and a fizz, it just seems so disappointing. But um, but yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, out of all of them, I like this one the best. It, it, it tried it tried to fix, tried to right the ship. It, it gave us a lot of new stuff. 
style new characters, a lot of cool images. I, I love, I, I love the whole look of the Emperor. Like, that whole very, it looked, you know, the whole, like, cradle hand thing hook thing hanging hang yeah from. that that machine that he's attached yeah, to like, and, and, and his so... you never see his face really it's yeah, kind of you know yeah, hiding and yeah like he has like no feet like, like it just seems all so like very like gothic and you know um almost like hp lovecraftian <laughs> but um but uh, uh, aside from that yeah i know there's a, definitely a lot of flaws with the movie well we'll have to see what comes next uh yeah there's going to be a novel. We know the novel's coming, and and I'm and we'll very see how eager to see that. how much they're going to expand on this thing. And and like I mentioned before, there are apparently uh, going to be giving us. I don't know if there are different cuts or just the lots of deleted scenes. I'm not sure what direction they're going. Traditionally, they scenes. don't do cuts. They do deleted scenes. Yeah, I would imagine it's deleted scenes. And uh, we'll see what happens in the future. They might be done with the concept of trilogies for now. Who knows? Maybe everything coming up right now is going to be individual single movies. The latest, uh, craziest rumor is that uh, Tatiki, what's his nose, uh, is being offered a film. Maybe he will. So the the uh, you know Ryan Johnson's trilogy. They haven't said a word about that in in, in years. Uh, the the Game of Thrones guys, those are kind of disappearing too. So I don't know who's movie wise. I think they're starting from scratch now. Um, I, I would after Mandalorian, I would be very interested in seeing Taika Waititi's um, uh, movie. Is I think he did a, a lot of good on on Mandalorian, which we'll probably yeah, touch on later. But but my only concern is that when you had directors who who were thinking of making it a little lighter. Uh, those were the Millers with a Solo, and they got fired. They got fired because they were going a little too comedic, I think. Yeah, but we don't know how far they went. They could have gone really way, way too much. Taika Waititi's humor, especially with, again, we'll talk about this later, but the last episode of Mandalorian where you had that scene of those two stormtroopers, I think that it was funny and it was a little too much, but it worked for me. So I think... I think if he can kind of like dial it back just a little bit, I think he can really, I think he can do some good. Right. I haven't seen the Jojo Rabbit and I know it's, uh, there is a lot of humor in it. It's satirical humor, but it's super serious when you think of the subject matter. Yeah, right. Uh, so we'll see if, you know, can he handle the, the more serious stuff? Uh, without going slapsticky, silly, you know that kind of thing. So we'll see. And and uh, you know, again, the, at this point, they're taking a little breaks. Hopefully, a little break means maybe two years, uh, yeah. maybe in an, uh, what is this, 2020? Maybe by 22, we'll be able to see something. They actually have to start or shooting this year, next this year. year or something. Uh, 22, 23, I imagine something yeah. like that. Yep. So. Anyway, we're not done with this subject. Like I said, we're probably going to continue at some point. Once once the book comes out and we both have a chance to read it, we're probably going to hit it again. And as the video versions start coming out, we might even talk about it in some shape or form uh, regarding extra material. Again, this trilogy, we knew from the beginning, once Rid uh, Rinsler got removed from all these Star Wars projects, once Disney took over and they kind of got him out of the way, The Force Awakens was listed in Amazon as a Rinsler book. Hmm. And that got shelved immediately. I think it was around the time of the delays when, when Harrison Ford broke his leg you know, during the shooting and they had to extend and this and that. I have a feeling it's more of a nobody really wants to tell you how the sausage was made on this and all the 
firings and the rewrites and the and the and the fan reactions and all that stuff i don't think they want to talk about it. i think it's gonna they're gonna have to literally wait maybe another 10 20 years before they really put it down on a, in a book yeah and i don't think they would do i think this would be i think we would get something that, like uh behind the scenes like everything that happens you know we would get it from someone like outside of lucas not outside of lucas but like Someone who was working on the project, but you know, is no longer with Lucasfilm. Right, because those those original books were Lucasfilm books. Yeah. yeah. So Lucasfilm books cannot put a book out like this without yeah. Disney's approval. Now, yeah. so it would be up to Disney, and I don't think this, like I said, I don't think Disney wants to show people how uh, you know the behind the scenes, the 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 this, the, the the controversial stuff. Yeah. Uh, again, especially with all the directors that they they gotten rid of, and the 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 backlash from. Uh, Last Jedi, and and God knows what else is going to happen in the future. You know, they might be getting rid of more. I mean, right now, like I mentioned earlier, is Ryan Johnson done? Have they they officially haven't pulled this trilogy out, but they haven't said a word since since the whole film. You know, went belly up on them. Uh, and same thing with the Game of Thrones guys. They, they have they officially removed them. I forget. Yeah, I think they have. They, yep. they removed no, them. Well, okay. well, 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 they removed themselves. I think they. Oh, they that's right. That's right. They they themselves. wanted. They were too busy or some BS story. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So anyway, I like to thank uh, Steve for joining me today, and we will, like I said, we will come back to the subject. It's it's impossible not to return to this. Thanks it's too Steve. much here. Yep. Thanks, guys. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. We went into a second round of reviewing Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. This time around, we did it with Steve, and I really appreciate you know all the insight that Steve has brought into this film. Uh, I love the fact that it's a slightly different view, you know, on how successful or unsuccessful this film was, you know, with handling this final chapter of the Star Wars saga. I'm sure that even though I think we kind of examine this as much as possible we are going to eventually go at it again at some point because you know new material eventually comes out whether it's comic books or books you know the book hasn't even come out yet the official uh, novel of this which just like with the last jedi hopefully it will give us some more insight even though you guys know how i feel about having to go to other places you know to kind of fill in the gaps of a script that wasn't exactly there to begin with but eventually we'll probably you know dive into that too the star wars uh license if you will is has taken now a different turn ever since the last jedi debacle disney has chosen to kind of now focus a little more on television you know with disney plus mandalorian and all these all the future shows you know they already had certain movies in the pipeline solo film kind of suffered a little bit because of last jedi this film again not exactly the quality i think that i was hoping for financially you know it, it makes enough money you know it, it, it hits its target hopefully you know no matter how unsatisfying this film is i always still hope it makes enough money not to dissuade disney from saying oh you know that's it no more films we had it with you know i want more films they just have to you know work on those scripts a little better i guess but we have more you know more stuff coming so on behalf of everybody here i'd like to thank steve for joining us on this great review and as usual you guys for listening and we will see you soon here at geekfest rants Bye-bye, everybody. Confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. Your 
destiny. If this mission fails, it was all for nothing. We're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them. Your journey is its end. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Tickets available now. If you would like to subscribe to our show, send us messages, or see video links to some of the topics we talked about today, please visit our homepage at geekfestrants.com or our YouTube channel, Facebook page, or iTunes at Geekfest Rants. I don't know what we're yelling about! Geekfest Rants is produced by Carlos Perone, copyright 2020. <laughs>